0: Welcome to episode 41 of Central Intelligence Cinema. Today, Jason and I return to the Marvel Universe and review in full Black Widow. But without further ado, take it away, Pierce. Beg your pardon, forgot to knock.
1: To the CIC, initiating security clearance. My name is Napoleon Solo. Bond.
0: James Bond. Natasha Romano. Ethan Hart. Felix Later. Rosa
1: Faust. Identity confirmed. Now pay attention, seven. Welcome to Central Intelligence Cinema, a podcast dedicated to spy movies and secret agent pop culture. Your mission, should you decide to accept it. Do you expect me to talk? I'm in the middle interrogation. This moron is giving me everything. Yeah, baby! Special
2: agent, you're not having a very special
0: day. I... But remember, nothing ever goes according to plan. Tom, well,
1: what do you think you're doing? Keeping the
0: British up, sir. The state will self-destruct in five seconds.
2: Recording from an undisclosed air shaft somewhere in Budapest. Budapest? Budapest. bush de bush de-pesh de-pesh? Who the hell knows? It's the Central Intelligence Cinema Podcast. I'm Jason Grieberg, and with me, as always, Ben Esslinger.
0: Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jason. And welcome back to the CIC, the podcast that is giving you more Marvel than ever before.
2: (laughs) So this is like, what, two?
0: Yeah. (laughs) This will probably be the only other one we ever do. Yeah,
2: they're in a whole lot of spy-oriented stuff.
0: Right, right. Unless they decide to do a Nick Fury... uh...
2: Well, you know, there is a thing on the horizon where he's going to be the prime candidate on on one of their Disney Plus But there's
0: lots of aliens in it, so...
2: Doesn't make it less spy just because there's aliens. Ben. <laughs> they have alien spies too. Look at the Bothans. Many of them died to get those
0: plans. That's true. That's true. That's true. All I'm saying is, is aliens didn't work out real well for Indiana Jones. No, that's all I'm saying.
2: Well, uh, I got to be honest with you. If there's anybody that can get through aliens in a TV show, it's Samuel L. Motherfucking Jackson.
0: Indeed, indeed. But uh yeah. Today we are we're going to get into a movie that I would almost argue was more Bondian than the last James oh, Bond movie. This movie <laughs> is so James Bond, and I have a list of things to prove it. <laughs> a <out>. list. <laughs> I
2: hate the list, but I've got them because I know you Bond people need a list.
0: Indeed, indeed, we are going to be reviewing Black Widow.
2: Woohoo! Woohoo!
0: I'm very excited about this. I,
2: I am too. Any chance I get to squeeze a little bit of my other happy place into our podcast here Uh, I'm just I'm rare and ready to go
0: yes well should we get right into this let's
2: do it
1: before I was an Avenger I made mistakes and a lot of enemies I should have come back for you how many others are there enough We have to go back to where it all started. So they never do that to anyone again. At some
0: point we all have to choose between what the world wants you to be
1: and who you are. I made my choice.
0: Okay, Black Widow, originally intended to release on May 1st of 2020, then intended to release November 6th, then May 7th, until finally on July 9th of 2021, it was finally released. Do we know
2: why the uh, movie
0: kept getting pushed back? Uh, People kept getting sick or something. I don't know. Was there some kind of an event or something? uh, Some kind of mass event where lots of people were getting sick. I forget what those are called. Mm I don't know. I don't know. Something hey, but, you like know, that.
2: I, I won't say it was exactly worth waiting for, but I wasn't disappointed when it finally came out.
0: Well, here's the thing that I will say about it. I think that this movie would have been friggin' huge if it would have been released during the time that it was had it been intended. Correct. I, I, think, agree. I think that if, if they had released it while all the Marvel heyday was going on yeah. and it was timed correctly, this movie would have blown up as far as I'm concerned. That's what oh, I think.
2: I agree, because it's basically Scarlett Johansson's swan song, and she was coming off of uh, Endgame two years prior. Yeah. No, no, it, it definitely missed its window, and boy, did she make Disney pay
0: for that. Oh, indeed, indeed. But uh, it's uh, directed by Kate Shortland, who directed uh, Smilf. Which I have not seen, but apparently is a show that exists, as well as a handful of lesser-known movies and TV stuff. And she doesn't have a whole lot on the horizon, as far as I can see, just yet.
2: Well, there's but no more Black Widow movies to there's make. No more Black She's Widow. She's dead. Well, unless
0: they move well, I forward. So with, you can move if forward they do the Yelena you. thing, yeah, you know. but they're
2: sticking her in Thunderbolts. So who knows what's going to happen with
0: that. Uh, As far as writing goes, Eric Pearson has a screenplay credit. He wrote uh, Thor, Ragnarok, Agent Carter, and Godzilla vs. Kong. All
2: relevant movies.
0: Indeed. (laughs) Especially
2: Godzilla vs. Kong. Right. That's all over the place in this thing.
0: Uh, Jack Schaefer, uh, who has a story credit. Uh, He did uh, WandaVision and The Hustle. And Ned Benson, who did the disappearance of Eleanor Rigby, basically it's a full-on Marvel story. So
2: yeah, well, um, is it though?
0: Well, it's like you said off the uh, episode that it's bookended by Marvel, but it's mostly a spy movie. That's what I'm saying. You could
2: take the Marvel elements out of it, and you could still just make it a Russian spy person goes over to the U.S. kind of thriller with ridiculous action set pieces. Indeed, I do think I Mission Impossible. True, I think disavowed it, agents. Anyone?
0: Yes, indeed. I think it went full Marvel in the in the final act.
2: It it, well, it had to. It, had it to. really had to. Yeah,
0: but still, very much a spy movie. Director of photography. Now, I gotta say, especially going back and watching this thing for the podcast, I was really impressed with photography. The more I watched it, especially the first two thirds of the movie. Once it gets into all the CG stuff in the final act, yeah. it's sort of eh, whatever. But the first especially the first act, man, there are some Gorgeous photography. Oh, absolutely! In Norway. And, uh, yeah, you know, the Norway shots are yeah. so nice. Um, but that was uh, Gabriel Berestain, who uh, is entrenched in Marvel stuff. He did uh, Iron Man, Guardians, Thor, Ragnarok. He was cinematographer for Agent Carter and MacGyver, <laughs> the new series. <laughs> Which,
2: you know, everybody should have good cinematography on MacGyver. Right? That's what, exactly
0: by the numbers. The budget for this movie was two hundred million. Domestic box office was one hundred and eighty-three point six million. International was 196 million. So the worldwide total was 379.7 million. And this does not take into account the lawsuit that uh, Scarjo filed against Disney, which claimed that the simultaneous streaming and theatrical release of Black Widow broke her contract and affected her salary, uh, which her lawsuit said was based in large part on box office performance. So kind of the Tom Cruise business oh, model. The RDJ and the RDJ. So, no official amount was given, but a source gave deadline the figure in the realm of 40 million that she got yeah. out of that agreement. But so.
2: that 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 whole thing was huge. Yeah. Because it, it's going to set the bar for negotiations for everybody. You know, everybody in Hollywood's got a pandemic clause now. Yeah. If they're renegotiating contracts. Oh, yeah. Force majeure. That's what we call it in my uh, civilian identity. Mm. Um, and <laughs> act of God, man. You have to be compensated or not responsible or whatever else. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm glad she did it. It, it kind of soured her relationship, I'm sure, with Disney. Mm-hmm. But it's going to help so many other people performers.
0: Absolutely. Not
2: that they're all of them are hurting. I get it. I hear
0: all of you out there complaining, oh, millionaires aren't getting more
2: millions. Okay.
0: But for
2: but anybody- some of, the,
0: some of the ones that aren't getting millions and millions, some of the people- It's that, more about
2: creative. Yeah. Right? Okay. There's plenty of people out there doing creative work that aren't making millions of dollars, right? And when they get- chintzed out of whatever they are trying to make. Right. You know, that's a real travesty. Yeah. She, she didn't get any money. Was she going to survive? Yeah. She's going to survive. Yeah. But by the same token, if you're just Joe blow graphic designer out there. Right. And somebody renegs on a contract with or you or something like a VFX artist. Exactly.
0: Yeah. You're getting hosed. And those people, VFX artists are already getting hosed. Right. So to get hosed again Probably. over something like this. Film editors too. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me started. Um, I'm looking at USNL. anyway. <laughs> um moving right along from that, uh, a little too close to home. Um music, hey. as far as music discussion, uh Lauren Balf handled the score, which I thought it was fine. It, it wasn't like amazing, but it wasn't bad either. And yeah. and to be honest, I'm not sure whether it was the actual Lauren Balf or whether it was part of the Lauren Balf Hans Zimmer uh collective collective music collective yes yes so either way i enjoyed it it was fine getting into the uh the bond girls and bond guys and what have you um we have of course natasha romanoff aka the black widow um scarlett johansson of course is back once again and once again i thought she was pretty fantastic
2: yeah I, she's been doing that damn role for 10 years i think if she's she got natasha how
0: to, dialed in at this point right if she doesn't know how to do it now she so.
2: she plays it with a level of nonchalant sarcasm. Yes. That is so well paired with Florence Pugh's direct in your face sarcasm.
0: Right. It it is funny though. She has gotten more mature though in she's not the, you know, cuz when we visited Captain America Winter Soldier, she was much more like oh. Yelena almost. Yeah, she's
2: very sardonic and kind of like the jaded one. Because Steve Rogers' character was was the light and hope, whereas she's kind of turned into the light and hope character by the time she gets there. Exactly.
0: The roles have sort of switched a Absolutely. little
2: bit. It's kind of an, an interesting book in there, right?
0: Yeah. And as a pivot here, uh, exactly. Yelena Belova, played by Florence Pugh, who I think was the best actor in the movie. Oh, Absolutely. I think she outacted everybody else. Every scene that she's in, she commands the attention more than anybody else.
2: Absolutely. And- it's because, again, Good consistent character portrayal. She never stops being the character that she is, but she's sarcastically over the top. Yes, she she's basically you in this movie. That's <laughs> she's the she's the viewer. Yeah, she's your avatar in this film. Right, because she's looking at it the lens like you people actually do this all the time. Right, with the with the whole thing with the with the, the posing. With the posing. She's such a poser.
0: By the way, did you know that that posing thing got started because in real life Florence Pugh was giving scarlett johansson a bad a hard time about that that's fantastic and that they worked it into the script that way
2: they, they totally should because everybody does it
0: yeah yeah it's it's like nobody does who does this who poses like this what does this serve but anyway also uh we've got rachel vice um playing melina Vostikov. uh good lord does this woman age she doesn't she's it's just still absolutely ever since
2: she hung out with uh Keona Reeves in the uh in Constantine, whatever he was taken, right? I'm they, pretty sure he gave to her, right? And now they're neither, now they just, neither one of them age, they, they just- both have pictures aging for them in the attic.
0: <laughs> exactly, ask
2: your English professor, kids.
0: <laughs> but uh, she's pretty fantastic. I think she she pulls it off, she's convincing as you know, the scientist, the, the yeah. sort of tragic. You know what I mean?
2: Well, yeah, she was one of the first people to come out of the Red Room. I think is what they were alluding to. Yeah, the thing that I didn't get, she kind of played the Daffy scientist kind of feel at the at the beginning. She was it. She seemed more like I'm a I'm a spy. I'm in control. Right. Then she kind of turned into like the Daffy agent kind or Daffy scientist kind of thing. Especially
0: during the the escape from Red Room. Yeah, I just kept
2: expecting her to like click a switch and be like, okay, now I'm back to being badass spy girl. And she never actually did
0: well, and I wondered, though too if some of that has to do with the dialogue that they. That's it, true. It felt a little like they punched up her dialogue at the end to make her more likable or something. Yeah, maybe you know, since she had been a, essentially a kind of a bad guy role.
2: Yeah, and I mean at the at the end of the movie, she basically just becomes moving exposition yeah <laughs> and i'm keeping the plot program going by doing things that one of the other characters could do but people want to look at their butts more than they want to look at my butts so we're just gonna <laughs> have me doing that stuff right
0: exactly we've also got um <laughs> alexi shostakov played by david harbour i mean <laughs> aka the red uh, what is it red guardian red guardian Oh my not goodness!
2: To, not to be confused with the Crimson Dynamo.
0: That's right. That's Iron not Man. Not the Crimson Dynamo. That's Iron
2: Man's Russian counterpart there,
0: <laughs> which is which plays in really well it later does. on in the, in the. Yeah, I was
2: maybe one of three people in the theater, or, <laughs> or in the, yeah, in the theater. I think I saw it in the theater when it came out. Did it? Did it see it in the theater when it came out?
0: I don't know. You didn't see it with me. I saw it um, at home.
2: <laughs> they released it in the theater, right?
0: I paid the uh, extra. 20 or 40 quid no, I went or whatever to see it, the th- it was. I
2: remember I went to see it in the theater because I'm like, I need to support Marvel movies. They're never going to make any money unless I show up. <laughs> I just, I remember being the only person maybe of two people that laughed at that joke and I'm like... right,
0: Nerd. Get yeah. you, you got it. We had nerd cred. <laughs> but man, David Harper is just a national damn treasure. Mm, mm-hmm. He is just so funny. <laughs> now, I will say it, it is weird the, the flip though because he's not the funny silly Russian guy at the beginning in the no, pre-title. He no. is very much just, you know, a serious- Straightforward Russian embedded agent. Embedded agent, you know, doing his thing. And then suddenly the switch just completely flips when, the, when we get to the prison right. breakout well, being scene. being stuck in a Russian prison for That'll 20-some will drive, drive you crazy. <laughs>
2: also, I just want to address with everybody out here, this is not David Harbour's character from Stranger Things. Yes. Even if the time frame does
1: kind of gel up-
0: well, I mean... <laughs> that's a,
2: but he, you know, if you watch Stranger Things, you know yes. that uh, Hopper uh, mm-hmm. gets away. Spoiler alert.
0: Yeah. I read that he had to first put on weight to play the majority of the movie. Right. And then he had to lose 60 pounds to play... His same self, but in the pre-title sequence. Right. So they shot all the the big scenes with him first, and then he lost the weight, and then they did the...
2: You'd think they would have just saved the effort and done it the other direction.
0: I know, right? It's so much easier to gain weight. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. So then we've got uh Mason, or uh, Rick Mason, which is so funny. Because did you know I had a... This is so random, but I had a boss... Many lifetimes ago, who was named Rick Mason? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we've got Mason uh, played by Ot uh, Fagbenle. He's just the guy that gets stuff for Natasha. He's the closest thing to a Q. But it's if Q had a huge crush on James Bond.
2: Yeah, it, it's a little weird. Um,
1: <laughs> well, also, I am they I'm have so, really good chemistry. They, though.
2: they do have good chemistry, and I'm really glad that he was able to get out of Canada. Um, got his <laughs> wife out of Gilead and uh, <laughs> is now helping the rest of the world out. Right. So it's good stuff. <laughs> I kind of liked
0: him as a character. He's likable.
2: He's likable. And I'm sad that we probably don't get to see this guy again. Although I'm hoping he comes back for whatever.
0: Whenever we see Yelena again. Yeah.
2: Whenever we see Yelena again, because the character serves the same purpose as Q. But he also is kind of a Felix Leiter. It's like a combo character, a yeah. composite character. Yeah. And he kind of humanizes that portion of it, too. Because, I mean, the Natasha you get at the beginning of the movie, I think, seems less Natasha-y because she's got this guy to interact with, mm-hmm. who's more or less kind of normal. He doesn't have a yeah. normal job, but he's a normal dude. Right. And these characters need to have that normal person right. to balance them off to be successful. Iron Man has Pepper. That right Steve has you
0: need you need the the audience presence exactly about like reacting to whatever the superhuman is doing,
2: right, which is why the comics are littered, or I could say peppered with um uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> with those types of characters, like a Rick Jones or a snapper Carr. these were like the little teenage kid that anchored all the superhero teams right
0: or like that. so yeah, uh, and then we've got Drakeoff played by Ray Winston or Winstone Winstone. I don't know, I
2: looked better in uh, Crystal Skull. I'm just going to say
0: it. I I don't know how I feel about this guy. And I don't know if it's his performance or just how they wrote for him. He's he's one of my least favorite characters in the movie. You know, obviously, he's supposed to be at least favorite because he's the villain. But he also doesn't play it in a way that I would... I don't know. I was hoping for something with a little more, a little more
2: gravitas. Yeah, he just kind of feels like let's get a really high quality actor to play a Russian thug. Yeah, who has some power.
0: Yeah, and it just, it just, it felt very one note to me. It did,
2: and so. maybe I don't know. Part of that I think helped accentuate Johansson's performance later on in the film. Yeah. Because she got to be she herself.
0: Got, yeah, she got to be more the Captain America Winter Soldier version of her. Right, towards the end. Towards the end there.
2: And I mean, you get an actor like uh, Tom Hiddleston. Yes. Who she's playing basically, it's that same role at the end, right? Right. But he could be smarmy and an asshole quietly enough that she <laughs> could shine. Sure. I think Ray Winstone, I've seen him. His thing is usually to kind of go big. Yeah. And so there's probably some direction. Eh, Ray...
0: And to- so it down a little. Dialed it way back. He really did. So then we've got Bond Girl. Oh. <clears throat> Bond Girl, yes. Uh, Antonia slash the Taskmaster, played by Olga Kurilenko. Say that three times. Yeah, actually. no kidding. Who you know we rarely get to see her face, and when we do see her face, she's covered in all sorts she's of
2: kind of mangled. But yeah, uh, yeah,
0: but um, she didn't have a whole lot to work with as far as you know her scene at the end where she actually gets to act. Act right was good. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: you know, you, you look at it and you're like, I, I know on my second watching again this time around, I'm like, where is she in the suit? Where is she not in the right. suit? Right. Because I, I don't know if they had her trying to walk more masculine or they had somebody masculine right. trying to walk more feminine. But I could never, and it's entirely possible none of the scenes without her face showing were not her. I don't know. Yeah. They did have somebody that kind of pulled off both.
0: Yeah, because the Taskmaster isn't overly masculine no. with the helmet on, like fighting and everything. The the character's very limber right. in as far as movement right. and that sort of thing. But
2: I mean it, yeah, it wasn't overtly a dude doing stunt work, I guess. Right. Is what I'm yeah, saying. it
0: wasn't obvious that it was just a dude in a suit doing right. all the work for her. <laughs> um, I did also write down here on my notes Young Natasha played by Ever Anderson. Um spot on. Spot on. By the way. Do you know uh, who Ever Anderson is the daughter of? I'm going to guess somebody whose last name is Anderson. Actually, his last name is Jovovich. Oh, I did know that. That's the-
2: Jovovich, but her dad's is Paul S. Anderson. So shut up. There we go. Uh
0: Uh Uh But- what a perfect casting. I what know. What a perfect I know. casting.
2: In fact, the only thing she would probably be better cast as is as a young person in uh, Resident Evil. Exactly. <laughs> I can't imagine why. She could be Little Lilu Dallas Multibus. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she, I she, I don't know. I, when I watched it the first time, it's like, who, how the hell did they get somebody that perfect to play Scarlett Johansson?
0: Yeah. She's, she's great in it. She just, she has enough depth to what she's emoting, right. it's not just a child actor to me. Like I'm watching this and there are things going on. You can, when she's w- able to get out, you know, to the viewer that, that yes. there are things going on in her head. Yes. And she knows what's about to happen.
2: When, yeah, when he's like, we gotta go. Yeah. She gives instantly, you could see in her eyes like, oh shit, is this happening? Yeah. yeah. And then. And the, that
0: that look of like terror, like, oh, here we go again.
2: But then she, you know, in the plane, super competent. Yeah. Right. You know, she's terrified, but mom says I need to do this. So I guess I'm flying this fucking plane.
1: Right. Right. Yeah.
2: No second thoughts. Yeah. And she get there in Cuba, and she pulls out the gun, and mm-hmm. all that stuff. I'm just like, wow. Yeah. I mean, three times, wow. This is amazing.
0: Yeah. She's she's really good. I did think that Violet McGraw playing young L- Yelena. Try saying young Yelena three times fast. Um, <laughs> I, I thought she did really well. Also, although I mean. Ever Anderson just steals the show. But as far as kid actors go, I mean, she was she was great. They, they had were, a good chemistry together. They did, so, dude. You really
2: needed that to to sell the sisters thing, right. In the middle and end parts of the film, exactly.
0: All right, well, that takes care of the uh, the formality. Should we get into the uh, meat and potatoes of this sucker? Let's do it. Okay, so the uh, the pre-title sequence, we open on 1995 in Ohio. Ah, oh, I'm in Ohio. <laughs> uh, Ohio. <laughs> Hi, we're in Ohio. <laughs> we see uh, young Natasha and Yelena playing Well, Natasha's riding her bike down the street. It's very suburbany, y um, Very
2: Spielberg-y kind very of Spielberg-y. E.T. feel to it. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. It's a little interesting that Natasha has already got dyed blue hair at age, what was she, like 9 or 10 or something? I think she was like 10 or 11 at that point. 10 or 11? Yeah. It's a little early, but eh, all out. It's the 90s. I
2: I like that it's also a 10-year-old girl who
0: doesn't want to maintain it. Right. You've got roots and... All of her red hair is coming out. Yeah. 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 I did find... Now, I will say about this, uh, making the period 1995, it felt more 80s than it felt 90s. I felt like... It really did. And I feel like this is what happens sometimes when millennials depict the 80s yeah they confuse or or they or they depict the 80s or they depict the 90s and they depict everything as the 80s and not the because the 90s were not the way that well so i will counterpoint with this one okay
2: we think of what the 90s are not only based on our own experiences Uh, but by what the culture determined the 90s to be 20 years later right
0: that's true the
2: reality is most people living in 1995 were living in 1975 houses they were wearing nineteen eighty five to nineteen ninety clothing. Fair enough. Right. Fair so enough. So one of the things I always think about period pieces when I and it throws me off. When I see an eighties thing that's all eighties,
0: it looks very seventies. It looks
2: very no, because a lot of like you said. They'll try and cram
0: every 80s trope into it. That's true. Because I remember when we were doing Atomic Blonde, mm-hmm. and a lot of the 80s stuff looked way too late 80s for me. Right.
2: Considering the time frame that it was exactly. in. Exactly, But you will see it in good period pieces.
0: They'll get it more correct. I read get it more somewhere.
2: Accurate. I read somewhere that to get an accurate feel of what the decade actually looked like, look at your grandma's house. <laughs> because that was new when your grandma started. But it carried on, and most of the people that were living in your age bracket were living in the stuff that your grandparents built. Right. Right? So there's a truth to that. But yeah, overall, particularly when they get in the house, none of that felt very 90s at all.
0: No. But, Felt very 80s to But me, also but. could
2: be somebody actually
0: living in the 90s. But, yeah, living in the 90s in an 80s house. Right. It happens all the time.
2: And, you know, what are Russian agents going to know? They're going to think, this is capitalist at its finest. Exactly. Everyone is wearing the big padded shoulders and the puffy yes. hair. <laughs> it's the poofy hair, yes. No, it's not pussy
0: hair. So, so getting back to the story here. Um, <laughs> we see Yelena, she hurts herself, skins her knee or whatever, and... Uh, Mom, quote unquote, mom. Melina swoops in and kind of consoles her and tends to the wound, and and then she uh, schools them both on bioluminescence uh, of course. in the in the uh, fireflies because, of course, she's a scientist. Of so course, she is. You know, they're trying to set that, put that little kernel of
2: yeah. So you so you
0: implant that. It'll little, pay off later. I yeah, think is what we're trying to say exactly. Anyway, later they're at home, and then Dad, in air quotes, uh, Alexei gets home. And a uh, holy bad wig, Batman! Right? That that wig is. Uh... <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> that's quite a wig. Somebody had to put some effort into that. Let me tell you. Yeah, uh... it's a
2: wig that Sean Connery would be proud of.
0: <laughs> he probably would have paid more than ten dollars for it. At him. least eleven. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so he tells the kids, "It's you know, it's big adventure time," and that's when we do. Like you were mentioned before, we get that look on natasha's face young natasha's face of just panic panic and just almost dread because she knows what's coming meanwhile yelena doesn't know anything she's just like yay we're going you know and then they're in the car and they're going home Mm. (laughs) and and of course yelena doesn't understand and she's like you know but we just left home you know and all that oh and i i failed to mention as they're packing up the car to leave um we see a very important three and a half inch floppy disk uh-huh. uh, that is taken. <laughs>
2: yeah, the the whole crooks of this whole yes, pre-title the, sequence. The whole the whole. I got it. That's right. The only company that isn't burning in ashes or well, something of that effect.
0: Yeah, something silly like that. So they grab as before they leave. They grab the disk and then they grab all their hidden guns in the house. Right. And I love how Yelena <laughs> is like helping grab bullets and shit right. off the floor.
2: <laughs> but Daddy, i you go, Dad. <laughs> but Daddy, I'm hungry. Don't worry, I've got fruit roll ups in the car. <laughs> Yeah,
0: <laughs> thanks, Dad. <laughs> well, come on. For a six-year-old, that's like, yeah. I suppose so. I suppose so. So yeah, they they head out and they are being told they're going home. And then we get that whole uh, American Pie song. Play my song, Daddy. <laughs> so they play American Pie, which, which is very fitting because it says in the song, this is the day that I die, which is right. quite apropos, considering what's about to happen to these girls. So they get to the airplane hangar. And the girls and Melina get into the plane and Melina starts to get it going. And then we get our first hint that dad is a bit more than just dad. As he lifts with no trouble whatsoever, this giant trash dumpster just flips it out of the way. Yep. And
2: I got to say something. It's a Marvel thing, but... Sometimes they're so good at subtly showing superpowers. Yeah. And in this movie, there's a lot of it.
0: Yeah. They did a good job of not over super superheroing it up. Right. Instead, they just almost casually show that he just sort exactly. of flips it. They don't make a big deal out of it. Uh-uh. There's not it's not and shown. he doesn't
2: repeat it throughout the entire sequence. Right. It's That's the, really the only superheroic strengthy thing he
0: does. Yeah. So nice. <laughs> so then she starts to Uh, get it going, but that's when we see a team of shield agents arrive in a bunch of SUVs or whatever, whatever SUVs were in the nineties. I'm trying to think like Broncos
2: those would have been in or, the 90s or Land Rovers they were either full size uh blazers if they were still calling oh, them blazers, Chevy blazers or yeah. they were full they, they I don't know if they switched to Tahoe in 95 right but there was a switch over <laughs> same thing
0: so there's a bit of gunfire going on between Alexi and the shield agents as Melina is navigating the the plane to the runway and then Alexi runs after the plane eventually jumping on the wing where he then sort of turns back around while he's laying on the wing and he's shooting at the sh- at the shield agents while they're trying to get going. Felt very Indiana Jonesy but It the way. was a little bit Indiana right? Jonesy actually. Yeah. During all this Molina gets shot in the crossfire and so Natasha immediately has to move up and that's when we get that great moment like you said uh where Natasha sort of has to, you know, put on her big girl pants and right. get this plane moving and essentially make the plane take off. Right. Right. So Melina tells her to hit the gas. And meanwhile, Lexi is still on the wing where he's, he eventually hits one of the truck tires. And then that truck spins into the other one sending both of them toppling. So um, at this point, Natasha's pressured to gun it as hard as she can and then pull it up, you know, and get out of the way, you know, before they hit the the trucks or whatever. And they do. And somehow managed to fly that single engine prop plane. From Ohio. From Ohio. all To the w- Cuba. To Cuba with Alexei on the wing. Apparently. <laughs> one would hope they landed somewhere to
2: refuel because they had to.
0: You, you would have to. All we know is that we cut to daybreak and we see them land in Cuba where uh, Melina is immediately given medical attention. Uh, meanwhile, we see Alexi meet with a much younger Dracoff and he gives him the disc. Ooh, this. <laughs>
2: what do I get to get back into the action?
0: Yeah, exactly. He wants to get back into his bright red suit and be the Red Guardian all <laughs> over again. All that sort of thing. And then uh, in the meantime, the girls are, you know, kind of crying over their mom. They're all, you know, worried about their mom. And then uh, the guards kind of try and shoo them away as they take Molina away. And then. That's when I really like this moment. This moment where Natasha is just like, fuck this. Like, I don't right. want any part of well, this. Well, she knows where she's going. She knows where she's going. That's when Yelena tries to run after her dad to, to to be like, where's mom going or whatever. And the soldier holds her back. And then Natasha runs after that soldier, takes his gun away from him and kicks him off of Yelena or whatever. And then we have the standoff, right. which is amazing. And she starts shouting in Russian, you know, back off. I will kill any one of you or whatever.
2: Which I'm going to say, I'm su- I suspect she may have learned that maybe speaks that already from her mom.
0: That's is, that's one of the reasons why they cast
2: her. Okay, because I'm saying, man, she was just like, da floppy, da. Sorry, any Russian listeners, I don't speak Russian. But, I mean, she rattled it off like a native speaker. So,
0: yeah, that's that's. Part of the reason, why, and I read that in the trivia. Why they, part of the reason was she so spoke fluent Russian. So that kid was
2: basically genetically designed to, to be Scarlett Johansson's <laughs> younger self. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so eventually, Alexei kind of talks her down, and is like, Honey, needles to me the me neck. Exactly, needle to the neck. They're they're tranked out. And can I just say
2: honorable mention to the Russian soldier that knocks them out and then throws. Natasha over his shoulder. That guy was straight out of central casting. (laughs) I think I've seen that guy play a Russian soldier in like Um, 85 (laughs) movies with Russian soldiers. That's all that if you if you he didn't have a speaking line, so I don't know. You'd have to really deep dive an IMDB form. Right. But I bet you if you look at all of his Movie roles, right? Ninety percent of them are Russian major, Russian sergeant. <laughs> I am almost, I am almost certain. I meant to check this, and I just remembered this. I think he's the Russian colonel in Crystal Skull.
0: Oh, really? The
2: guy that plays the American
0: colonel—that's the Russian well, colonel. That will check out.
2: So while you talk, I'm going to check and see if that's true.
0: <laughs> but yeah, well, right before they get tranked, actually, uh, dad sort of gives the girls a pep talk, yep. like, you know, you guys are going to be okay, you guys just stick together, you're my tough girls, yada, yada, yada. And then before they can do anything about it, they're tranquilized and taken away in a truck. And then cue a Nirvana cover, which
2: I am not... It's so sad, because... It said shit now (laughs) on the screen. Oh, shit, wow.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. I felt like it was overdone. I felt like it was overdone. It wasn't even based on the lyrics. Listen, I grew up in the early 90s, and I listened to a lot of Nirvana. What did your
2: house look like in the early 90s, Ben? (laughs) Did it look more like an 80s house? Probably. Okay.
0: (laughs) But uh, all I'm going to say is those lyrics do not match what is going on on screen like those are two different things there's there's those are not parallel lines going fair enough so well and 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 you're right just tonally it seems way too dour you know yes there are terrible things happening to these girls they're all you know being shoved in in trucks and and manipulated and tortured and being trained and brainwashed and all these horrible things, which I do like. That's the other thing about this whole thing is that I actually really like this title sequence because I'm a big fan of movies that use the title sequence as a way to propel the plot. forward. Exactly. And
2: there's a lot of shit in that particular title sequence
0: that right. uh, you, you kind of need to do. Right. It helps. It helps get you all that uh, exposition without having to spend a ton of time on it. You just right. get this very well-crafted montage while the, while the credits are going. It's just the music that's yeah, just well, a little too much I for think
2: me. they were trying to sell a James Bond song in the 90s. Yes. Because it really had that kind of feel. Yeah, like the way gonna... that,
0: that that cover of it is very... Right. Yeah.
2: And I almost wish they chose... It. Well, we'll get to this at the end of the show, kids. But I wish they chose something maybe a little more Bondy. Or maybe wrote their own theme song for it. Indeed, at the beginning, you know, given, given all Black the- Widow, she's a
0: hero. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever given, else. Given all the Bondian, I'm
2: just yeah. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just. There saying. are
0: so many notes of Bond in this movie. Holy but cow!
2: The things that you see in this title sequence with you—you you see things that have been implied but never really spelled out through the rest of the Avengers series. Right. Um, genetic enhancements. That's why she can do so many of the things that's she can do. That's why she's stronger. That's why right. she
0: can take so much punishment.
2: And they don't say it in there, but there's the allusion to the Winter Soldier program that came before it. Right. That comes later on in um, Exposition elsewhere. But you know, everybody's kind of like, how could someone like Scarlett Johansson take down a dude like that? Right. Because she is not normal. She's basically a super soldier light.
0: Yeah, she's she's Steve Rogers' light.
2: Right. So, <laughs> the Russians had that program going. Everybody had that program going. It's where the Hulk came from in the MCU. But all of these people have these superpowers because of stuff. That's what Falcon and Winter Soldier was all about. Right. Was that? So I like that they did that finally to explain how could how could she be such a badass mm-hmm. and be this teeny tiny little person on top? Right. of Right. Because
0: you always hear you know stupid shit on online Mm -hmm. about oh you know this that and the other about black widow you know hanging out with captain america and a god thor you know the god of thunder and yada 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 so this is a nice helpful thing to sort of strengthen you know why she is the badass that she is that she's not just some chick that's highly trained she's been modified right she's been plus they, they
2: go through the effort of showing all oh, half the people that die yeah so that you get the true sinister nature of of
0: just what, how awful how right. what a monster Dracoff is right. so in that respect i love this credit sequence it's it's probably the best that i've seen of it done since like we watched man from uncle sure okay? like man from uncle has a really good one of those too it absolutely does mm-hmm. So then we get into the meat of it here, the act one. And um, we now cut to 21 years later and tie this all into the Marvel Comics universe. Is that That is the MCU. It's so yeah, funny Marvel to say Comics it. Universe. It's so s- weird to say it out loud because I always think of the movies when people say MCU. Anyway. Right, right, right. Anyway, we begin with uh, Natasha being on the run after violating the Sokovia Accords. Which, by the way, for those of you who are keeping track of timelines...
2: This takes place after Captain Marvel Civil War, but before uh,
0: Avengers Infinity War. Yes, yes. And I would have never known that because, you know. That's what I'm here for. I, I mean, I like I, I like all the Captain america e stuff, and I watch it all, but I would never be able to figure all that stuff out. So. Believe me, if there was
2: a podcast that had two idiots discussing <laughs> absolutely nothing that was focused around superhero movies and superhero pop culture... We would be the guys doing
0: it exactly. Just usually. one of
2: us would have more talky stuff than the other usually does.
0: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. But uh, I will say I I really love this scene. I it is the most. It's a very very spy crafty scene. It's sneaky sneaky Black Widow, right? So I like it. Yeah, I, absolutely. I and it, and it makes me wish for a movie where she's constantly on the run. Like I would love a Black Widow standalone movie. Where she's just kind of on the run from people. Right. And she's figuring things out about why she's being on the run the whole time. Like, c- kind of the way the Bourne movie is, where he's constantly right. being pursued. I would love a movie like that, but with Black Widow. Like, that would be an right. awesome spy movie.
2: The two best turns that she's had, I think, maybe not from an acting standpoint, because I think her stuff in Infinity War and in Endgame was. Pretty solid acting work, yeah. But as far as the character goes, the best movies that she's been in are Winter Soldier and this one, right? Where she's on the run, she's she's a disavowed spy. Yeah. When you disavow her, she basically turns into Ethan Hunt, but much better looking and far less robot.
1: Yes. So, <laughs>
2: which isn't to say that Tom Cruise isn't good looking. I think we can all admit he is, but we all know he is a robot. You can
0: you can actually empathize with her. Yes. Where the thing you're like. Really? You're just a robot. I bet you she can't this hold is her a- breath for six minutes. <laughs> this is a simulation of emotion.
2: <laughs> Could you imagine that movie, though? Tom Cruise, Scarlett Johansson on the run from somebody.
0: <laughs> that would be something else. Holy cow. Holy smokes. But I digress. So we see her and she's in a bathroom somewhere. Always a bathroom. <laughs> At least there's no fight in this There's bathroom. no fight in this bathroom. There's no bathroom fight scene in this movie, Jason. Which could be one of the reasons why I like it. <laughs> so she's splashing some water on her face. She's clearly been a little... She's had a rough day. She's a little harried. A little harried. And uh, she looks at her phone that's been broadcasting some surveillance uh, video of troops that one would assume are outside the building she's in. And then we cut to General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. Absolutely. Uh, played by William Hurt and his men. Rest uh, in peace, William Hurt. Indeed, indeed. And they, they're they closing in on the building that they think she's located in. And Natasha calls Ross and he assumes she's trying to cut a deal. And they're just kind of going back and forth. Banter, banter. Banter, banter. Yeah. He tries to talk her into bringing herself in, but she's not having it at all. Also, she's not there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Psych!
0: So, so, because when we see her leave the bathroom, we realize that she's on this ferry boat far, far away from the building where Ross is. Right. Uh, And then she dumps her phone into the river. And she's... And there she's she She's
2: free. She's free. Freedom. Exactly. Freedom.
0: <laughs> so that's that little bit. And then we cut to Morocco, where... Uh, we see Yelena on the top of a building uh, with a sniper rifle, and she's got her eyes on this target uh, through a window along with one of the other Black Widows. Are they all called Black Widow? Um, or yeah. are they just called Widows? Well, I think I you know. would
2: just call them Widow to beat things up a little bit, sure. but they're all technically Black Widows. Yes.
0: So we see through the binoculars a case which holds stuff. Things. Things. But then as Yelena is watching through her sight, somehow this, this person that's in the building sees Yelena and she takes off. And so Yelena has to pursue this girl who's named Oksana, we find out later. She pursues her on foot. And I do love the, uh, the run down the building thing with, mm-hmm. the, with the rappel cable. Yep. Very uh, Jinx slash uh, Waylin. Right. So so there's your first uh Big Bond reference right there. <laughs> then we see Oxana and she's like in an alleyway. And she's kind of... You can tell she's just kind of figuring out where she's going to go next. And suddenly this car comes out of nowhere and hits her. And then also kind of out of nowhere, there's a door and Yelena pops out of it. And that's when we get this fight. And the two fight basically until Yelena stabs Oxana in the gut and right. twists it. By- very lethal. Like very just cold. And...
2: and- for sorry, for all of you coming using the patented Winter Soldier knife drop from one hand to the other, yes, to get her on there, yes, to kind of tying that together a little right. bit more,
0: yeah, the the fighting methodology, because yeah.
2: or- Natasha throws that move in later on as well,
0: yeah, very cool move. Um, <laughs> so, but before dying completely, she sprays Yelena in the face with the with the red gas. That breaks Yelena free from the mind control. The ruby
2: slipper gas, you mean? It's so sparkly? The
0: the ruby slipper gas. We should just call it that for the rest of it. Well, I will be. Whether you want
2: to join in, that's
0: entirely up to Uh, you. I'm on board with that. Um, So now Yelena's free from the mind control. And in her dying moments, Oksana tells Yelena to, quote, free the others. So we see inside the case several vials of this red gas. Or the or the ruby slipper guy. Rubber
2: slippy dust. Rubber. <laughs>
0: wow. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. <laughs> ruby slipper dust. Whew. That's a tough one.
2: I'm gonna have to alliterate.
0: Yeah. Yelena, who's now lucid, quickly cuts into her leg to remove her tracker. That's. Uh. It's so ballsy too. It's so just it's a baller. Is it?
2: Just plink.
0: No problem. Yeah. So her fellow agent is already on the comm asking for a status update and literally waits seconds before like, she's like, oh, we have to get her now. Right. Like there's no wait time. There's no, Mm -mm. God forbid she's in a bathroom or needs some privacy for just a half a second. Like, oh no, you're now an enemy. We're now getting your ass. It's a good way to demonstrate that they are
2: definitely not doing the thinking for themselves. Yes,
0: very much so. At this point, yeah, the other agent is commanding the other field agents to converge on Yelena. Uh, she also immediately communicates it back to Dracoff that Yelena is now a deserter. And then we get a quick cut inside Red Room where we see the Taskmaster and one of the other agents is assisting her, telling her to smile, which is so weird. I'm not even sure why that, why that cut is there because it literally is on the screen for like 10 seconds. Like, they're just adjusting her helmet or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're just trying to put it in your mind that this is a character that exists that you're going to see soon. I think that's about all. I anyway. don't
2: know. I don't know. Maybe
0: it's just... Who knows? Yeah, I, there's... Maybe like, they I, needed to cover up something so they could move to the next segment of uh, the of the story.
2: Maybe there was a thing about the, re- the real taskmaster who actually has a skull for his mask, and uh, it doesn't look this scully, but if it was a skull, it would smile. Right.
0: Well, it did feel like it was trying to be a joke. Yeah, and it just so, kind of doesn't. So every, it doesn't entirely land.
2: Sometimes you get some poorly landed uh, Marvel references in a Marvel movie. It right. just happens.
0: <laughs> so then we cut back to Natasha, who is in Norway, and and uh, you know
2: how she's in Norway because there's a gigantic banner that pops up that says <laughs> Norway.
0: <clears throat> yeah, yeah, they love they love big. Ever since Winter Soldier, I know that has been their shtick. Big giant text on the screen that tells you where it's at and it followed in the gray man too it did giant text on the so screen we
2: know why it came where it came from
0: right yeah it came it's from the russo it's the brothers, russo brothers. <laughs> they're they're big fans of that <laughs> they're she's in norway because how could you not miss that that's right um i will say this footage this driving footage with all oh, the lush just greens and oh i know it's, the misty mountains whew, it's it's really nice footage. It's, a,
2: it's cinematographer's paradise out there. Yeah.
0: And honestly, it, I'm just going to say it. I feel like it might be better than the, than that Scotland footage in Skyfall. Maybe.
2: Well, yeah, because there's more. There's more.
0: Uh, uh, it's more
2: green. Yeah. There's, there's more, more contrast. There's more contrast. Absolutely. Yeah. Much more atmospheric perspective. Yeah. You got to think. Because Scotland is Scotland. Yeah. It's its own kind of beautiful. Right. But it's not Norway beautiful.
0: Yeah. Anyway, she's in there in the car, and of course we hear on the radio. This is <laughs> this is very marvelly. This mo- the fact that as soon as you get in the car with her, we hear on the radio that Steve Rogers and Natasha Romanoff are still on the <coughs> run. So we see her cautiously come up to this trailer that's parked in the middle of the woods, kind of in a clearing, and then she's you know she's got her gun out, kind of cautiously, you know, seeing what this is all about. And once inside, this is where we get okay. So I have this in my notes and I'm just going to say it because this is a thing that I don't know if it's Russo Brothers. Well, it can't be because this is a different director. Mm-hmm. This, is a, this is just a Marvel thing. But they just, the gratuitous ass shots of Scarlett Johansson do not end. And they don't they're, end.
2: They don't. And there's more than a few um, focuses on mm-hmm. just under the chin and yeah. above the ribs, if you guys know what I'm saying. Yeah.
0: I mean, I was like, wow, still... Still, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But then again, this was shot, you know, back in like 2019 or 2018. or
2: something It's not like even that. a date thing. It's, it's, if you just, go all the way back to, to Iron Man 2, where she's, well, started. that's what I'm saying, is but
0: I, but, that it's really like they there, really do it up in Iron Man. But, I mean, but there, half of half of her shots are of her ass in Iron Man. But
2: there's a there's a sexualization of Black Widow's character that is essential to the character. I suppose that so. is not of all the other female characters, and so I you still there still are shots like that. They do exist with your Wandas and your Captain Marvel's sure. and whatnot. But it's this key element to the character.
0: That's true, and at least in Iron Man and Iron Man Two or whenever I mix up where she's at in those movies but it doesn't matter because all i know is is that in those movies she really is using her sexuality as a tool weapon. as a weapon whereas in this one it feels like it's just there because
2: and surprising from a female director too
0: yeah so yeah, that
2: was a conscious choice on her part to do it yeah. and that makes me wonder unless if it was the a studio conscious,
0: unless the studio said hey if
2: scarlet didn't want to do it
0: That's true. That's true. So
2: I'm thinking there was a conscious decision between her and the director. Yeah,
0: because there's never a there's never a eye blinky blinky moment with Scarlett Johansson in this movie. There's never a moment where she uses seductive powers. No, but you'll notice that the way Elena
2: is shot, there's almost none of that. Yeah. Because she's just a ball buster, punchy punchy, kicky kicky stabbing. So I think it's to establish this is who Natasha is, this is who Elena is. They are the same. They went through the same thing, but they're two totally different people.
0: Right. They operate in different ways. Right. So she gets inside this trailer, and you get this fun smile from her as she finds uh, Rick Mason uh, asleep on the bed, and she's like, "Hey, that's my bed. Get out." (laughs) You know, as we said before, he's he's like the go-to guy. He's like her personal Q branch.
2: He's the Morgan Freeman of this movie. He's a man <laughs> who can get things.
0: Exactly. And again, I, I do like the chemistry between them. Obviously, he's way more into her than... And we find this out at the very end, which is a great line, but I'm just going to wait until we get there. But <laughs> but yeah, it's just good chemistry between them. And I loved the Fanny, Longbottom, uh-huh. the Fanny Longbottom alias that he gives her on one of her IDs for her you know one of her passports or whatever it was very simple this is another bond thing because this reminds me of like when in casino royale when bond says vesper's alias is uh stephanie broadchest (laughs) so it's a very bondian sort of thing i like it
2: we're never gonna be able to forget holly (laughs) (laughs) Warmflash.
0: indeed indeed so uh So this trailer, as it turns out, is her little safe house. We get this uh, nice little scene where he tries to convey that they're friends and he's expressing concern, but she kind of pushes him away and is kind of like, I I don't pay you to worry about me. Right. You know, that whole thing, like just kind of pushing him away. And then he kind of starts drifting back towards, you know, his car or whatever. And she finds this big box of mail. She's like, what's all this stuff? And he's like, well, that's from from Budapest. And we get that fun little exchange about the the pronunciation. Yes, yes. the correct pronunciation of Budapest. Budapest. (laughs)
2: It's 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 Budapest. Budapest.
0: (laughs) So she puts the box in her car, which is interesting. I'm, that well, he, one, tells,
2: he tells her that in order to take out her trash, she has to take it to a dumpster that's in town. Oh, so, so she's she going to throw it, it in out.
0: her car. That yeah. okay? I missed that because I think bit. she's
2: also carrying a bag of trash along with
0: her. Uh, there we go. So she puts that stuff in her car, and then we cut back inside where uh, she's having a beer. She was she dyeing her hair too? No. Yes, she she, she had she... a box to dye her hair blonde which
2: she does at the end. Right. But she never gets around to it at that's that point. That's
0: right. That's right. So, and then we get the true bond moment. Of this movie where she's watching Moonraker. And Moonraker she, of all the choices. I don't know why that made me so happy, but it did. I think it's just because it's the most campy. It's the most like... Yes. You know, there's nothing campier than Moonraker. Right. In the Bond franchise. And who doesn't immediately recognize Bond in space? Right. You know, it's
2: immediately... You instantly recognize- know which one it is when you're yes. watching
0: it. And she does a great imitation of Roger.
2: But she's following the dialogue too, which, yeah. which is spectacular. Yeah, she like...
0: Because clearly- she's doing
2: drags. That she's doing Roger. Yeah. She knows all the the lines. All the lines. Like she's been watching (laughs) it forever. (laughs) She's like... (laughs) She's got that lilt that that Roger would... (laughs) It is by far my favorite moment
0: in the entire (laughs) film. But then the power goes out. So we see Natasha, she's heading into the nearest town in order to throw out her trash and fix the generator. Yeah. And uh, as she's... She's kind of turned the corner to get onto this bridge and then suddenly boom. And it looks like there must have been some sort of like landmine under her or, or some sort of timed bomb. Or hit her with an RPG or something like that. Yeah. All I know is that the you know the thing flips over or does it flip? I can't remember if yeah. it flips. And then the car is hanging halfway over the over the bridge, like kind of teetering.
2: Actually, you know you're right, it doesn't. It just it goes up and then it goes to the side.
0: That's and right, and that's it. right. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and the bridge is kind of falling apart at this point too. So She's kind of teetering on the edge, and and the taskmaster gets out of the car and Land Rover, by the way, Land Rover, fine yes. choice of evil spy villains everywhere. <laughs> and Natasha thinks that it's Ross because she says something about that. Yeah,
2: she thinks they caught him.
0: She's like, "You have no jurisdiction in Norway." That's that's what it is. That's yeah. what it is. So uh, they start to fight, and this is really cool seeing them fight identically. Right. Sort of a, introducing us to the idea that Taskmaster mimics whoever she's fighting right so it's just kind of cool to see that and then they they stop in the pose right
2: but they're posing at one another which is yeah even funnier yeah
0: so they're and then they're looking at each other kind of making sense of one another and natasha is just sort of confused and then you see on on the the, the Terminator screen? The Terminator screen of the Taskmaster. that It says uh, the heads-up display, I suppose. Yes. It says, redirect to primary target. And so she just sort of walks away from her. Right. And Natasha's just kind of confused, but Taskmaster's walking for the case full of the fairy
1: dust?
2: What was the, it? The, it was the ruby slipper the dust. The ruby slipper dust. Ruby slipper <laughs> dust. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so at that point, Natasha sort of realizes what's going on as well. So she shoots her little grappling thing and sort of temporarily hog ties her up on the top of the bridge or whatever. And
2: Can I just say, same penetrating power as James Bond's watch from uh, <laughs> from, from the, the world, world Is world Not in, Enough. The world is not enough. So I'm like, I do buy that power out of a wrist launcher, maybe not a watch, right? But as right. soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh. Well, Pierce, and there's two Pierce of them. would be jealous. And
0: there's two of them in this movie too. Right. There's one towards the end that Yelena uses too. <laughs> <laughs> so after Taskmaster is temporarily tied up, she runs for the vials. And we get this really tidy bit of editing that I actually thought was really good because it's just enough that you realize that she pulled the vials out of the case, Mm -hmm. but not enough that you, you don't register it when it happens, but you, but once you realize that the case is empty, when Taskmaster opens the case up, your brain remembers that flash in the edit that she took the vials out of the case. I appreciate it as an editor. As an editor, I appreciate, you appreciate fine editing. I do. And that was a, a little nice, tidy little bit of editing there. So yeah, so Natasha gets chucked into the river by Taskmaster, but only before she had kind of sneakily tucked away the vials into a pocket somewhere. And and then she swims down the river far, far away. Like, I don't know, far, far away. And, and Taskmaster, for whatever reason, doesn't go after her. Yeah, that seemed a little, a little weird. Convenient. Yeah. <laughs> so she gets to shore somewhere. And she pulls out the glowy red vials. And there's a photo inside the bundle of her and Yelena. Which we saw kids, from the pre-title sequence. Which we saw from the It's the only
2: thing she was able to save from her previous life. Right.
0: So it's like the calling card. It's like, right. oh, this was intended for you. And that kind of rolls us into act two of mm-hmm. this uh, fine motion right. picture.
2: So, you know, we, we cut to Wet Natasha... Showing up in
0: Budapest at
2: a train station. Budapest. Budapest, Budapest, Pasht, Push,
0: Pasht. I just like saying it in Connery because then I can Man, say it the well. Russian way.
2: If you say Budapest. it as Sean Connery, he's actually saying both at the same time. Budapest. Because it's Budapest. <laughs> <laughs> and it just sort of hangs there. Yeah. Um, but um, So you cut to the train station in Budapest. Uh, she's making her way to the old safe house that Rick had told her that it cleared out and gave another tenant to. Right. And this is where we get, in my mind, the first, if not the only, woo-as-fuck moment. Woo-as-fuck! Yes, as the doves go flying as she walks through the courtyard. In <laughs> a very woo moment. Yes. That literally, nobody needed to have doves flying well, in this scene.
0: Not, no. So that had to be put in there on purpose. By the way, kids, if you're not familiar with...
1: Woo as fuck!
0: Our woo as fuck moments. I highly recommend you go back to our review of Mission Impossible 2 and uh, find out for yourself. Just what woo as fuck means. Just what woo as fuck really means. So anyway. So anyway.
2: Continue, please. (laughs) (laughs) Natasha goes into the building, finds a gun hiding in an old spot before going in. As she's walking in, she gets to the door and we hear a muffled... I know you're out there, from Hela- from Elena. Um, yeah, Natasha's
0: and the- like, I know you're in there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know you know I'm out here. And they kind of have this whole little bantery thing going back, like, you know, I know you're here, you know I'm here, yada, yada, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. They walk, She Natasha makes her way through the house, finally gets into the room where Elena is, and they're pointing guns at each other. And, you know, Natasha tries to talk her off the bridge. Yeah, but nope. We're we're Yalina's, gonna have we're gonna Yalina's have sister fight. It, yeah, <laughs> and so oh my gosh, it is a knockdown brutal fight is, between
0: the two of them. Holy shit, dude! And you know what it kind of reminds me of is there's that fight scene in um, Atomic Blonde where she's already got spyglass and she's in that house and mm-hmm. she fights that guy inside that oh, house. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that, but slightly less brutal. Well, Disney Since, Disney uh, level. Disney level brutal also they're sisters so they're yeah not- they're really not trying to hurt each other right it's more about asserting
2: dominance I think right. is what's despite going on despite the there. fact
0: that Yelena grabs a giant friggin kitchen knife but anyway right
2: but you know they eventually they get through the fight at, by pulling down a curtain where they both end up choking each other with the same curtain I might <laughs> add yeah and they finally give up. Uh, Elena starts to explain what the uh, the ruby slipper fairy dust stuff is, <laughs> and like you brought it back with you. Yeah. What is it? Did you think it was a Grail diary? <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing that popped into my head when I saw it. But she said, you know, she basically alludes to the fact that. I sent it to you so that you could have one of your super scientist people figure it out and figure out a way to cure it. But Yeah, we're really not speaking terms is more or less what Natasha says at this point. (laughs) Yeah. But she thought, Elena is like basically, she thought that with the Avengers they could take down the Red Room and save everybody. Natasha's like, there's no Red Room. Yeah. I destroyed the Red Room when I killed Drykov. Except that, you know, she's like, oh, did you kill him? Right, exactly. You know, what about the daughter? Blah, 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 They're yeah. going through the whole thing. And eventually the conversation gets cut short because they realize that the widows are coming right. to take him out. The widows
0: are coming. The, the, widows widows are coming. To- the widows are coming. The widows are coming. The widows are coming to Isendor. Alarm,
2: widows
0: alarm. <laughs> I, do, I do like, now this is just the, sort of the first instance of it. But I do like how Yelena keeps bringing up over and over again, starting right here, the daughter of Dreykov. Right. But she keeps pressing her about, like, what about the daughter? Why did you? you know, because she knows that, that she attempted to kill Dracoff and didn't really care that the daughter was essentially collateral damage.
2: Right, right. Well, you know, and she it, that was her only way to get out, right? Right. Which it's funny because, you know, when you think of that Barton was involved with that, and Fury was involved with that, so everybody okayed that plan.
0: Right. It wasn't like it was just her decision. This was a Avengers approved yeah. this stamped.
2: Was, this was people who were on the Avengers who were also doing this stuff, y- yes. kind of thing. And it also brings up the point that you know, you did you check, did you find a body? There was no body to find. Well, right. The classic spy thing, if you didn't see a body, he's not dead. Right, exactly. Kind of situation. Also, there's a great line in there, I think it's just before they start fighting, where she's like, Can you tell me what kind of bullet makes that hole? Yes. And she's like, it's an arrow. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we got widows coming. Elena had put up some countermeasures in the building beforehand because you know spy shit. Spy shit. She sets off some charges, uh, and we get gunfire. We get shooting. We get running. Elena clearly has the plan because she was anticipating this happening. Right. Because Natasha didn't think there were any more widows anywhere. Right. She thought yeah. it. Thought she everybody didn't realize was free they even existed because she didn't bother to go back to check on her sister. Uh right. She
1: didn't know.
0: Uh, yeah. They
2: alluded to that numerous times in here that you never even came back for me. Yep. You were so busy going off to be a good guy that you didn't care about what you were leaving. <laughs> Which also I think is part of the whole Dragov's daughter thing. Yes. It's like you're okay with collateral damage, and guess what? That's I,
0: what I was too. I was collateral damage to you. So that's part of that. Exactly. Yeah.
2: So they go out. They're outside the building. Natasha, where are you headed? There's a motorcycle outside of the building. Elena says, and you're like, "Oh great, we're gonna have a motorcycle with Black Widow on it again. <laughs> That's her thing." <laughs> they make it to the top of the building. Which this is—it's uh, such a great thing. But I, everybody runs to the top of the buildings.
0: I don't I don't know. It's and really I guess rare. maybe
2: if you have superpowers, it's a more of an option. But I'm feeling like, how are you gonna get everybody does it? And it just seems so counterintuitive to me. But I used to think I used to think it was like, well, they wouldn't expect it. Right. No one expects the top floor inquisition. <laughs> but no, everybody expects it now. Anyway, so they get to the top of the building is a pretty good rooftop chase, which leads to them unhinging It looks like a smokestack, right? Yeah, it's a I, big metal smokestack. Stack that runs all the way down the side of the building. Right. So Yelena pulls out, I'm guessing, metal pins or something that's holding this smokestack right. attached to it, in an attempt to get it to move away from the building so they can ride it,
1: Woo-hoo! style
2: <laughs> uh, to their safety. But one of the widows that's pursuing them jumps on to this smokestack thing and follows along with them, but loses her grip and starts to fall off. Which Natasha tries to catch her, right? Because Natasha, she's an avenger. We save people. That's
0: right. We don't let them fall to their death.
2: No, because like a brutal widow would. Right. But strangely enough, this widow is having nothing to do with it. Well, she's so brainwashed that she- Yeah, she's basically fighting Natasha, holding on to her, and ends up breaking free and falling down to the ground before they get to where they're at. Oh, this fall
0: from Natasha- is just oh, so well, nasty. Yeah. She
2: loses control of where she's at, and it's literally the John Wick fall from John Wick three, where she hits every, <laughs> every solid ch- object on the way down. Well,
0: it's every it's every Jackie Chan movie of Pretty somebody f- of somebody falling and hitting like five things on their way down. Right.
2: The logic being it's decelerating them to the point where they won't die, which is silly. When she
0: gets up. Right. Way too easily at the end of that. I'm just like, oh, okay.
2: Genetic manipulation. Yes, I know. But still, man. I know. It's so brutal. Even an
0: oof when you get up, right? She's just getting flopped like a rag doll.
2: tang, spang, (laughs) thong. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what the sound effects were when she hit down there. So, uh, (laughs) yeah. So, she runs over to the fallen widow agent who... Strangely, she's the worst for the way, even though she wasn't hitting things on the way down. Yeah. So I'm a little concerned about that, but moving the story along. She sees that she's seriously injured. Um, She tries to help her, but uh, Rykoff (laughs) they cut to Rykoff with his evil iPad. And he's like, nope, you're done. And she basically takes her Widow Blaster and points it at her own head and shoots herself. And it's pretty gruesome, the after effect of that, when you see the left side of her face. Yeah,
0: it's rough. Oh that's, my gosh, it was terrible. Again, it's like they're really good at showing how ruthless and monstrous Dreykov is, but at the same time, like his performance doesn't live up yeah, to- Yeah, it doesn't so, really
2: live up to the, yeah. the, the evilness that's being That's being forth. carried out, yeah. Elena shows up. She's got one of the red vials in her hand because she had grabbed the case as they were leaving, but of course realizes she's too late, stuffs it back into a bundle, and how come these things don't break?
0: they're they're encased in
2: ruby some- slipper dust is like it's some sort of magic glass
0: it's like <laughs> gorilla glass but it's like radioactive gorilla glass. I assumed it was like heavy plastic. That- yeah,
2: maybe, maybe. It's transparent <laughs> aluminum. There we go. Sure. We <laughs> get a little Star Trek in our superhero shit. Anyway, <laughs> so the widow's dead. They got to run. Natasha and Elena try to book it out, but just as they hop on the motorcycle, which Natasha cleverly steals the keys from Elena. Yeah. Elena thinks she's driving, but like, nope, nope. I'm Black Widow. Hiya. I'm driving a motorcycle. And Elena has a comment. This is like, kind of my thing. Yeah, but Elena's like, oh, okay, fine. Of course you're going to do that kind of thing, right? Tail my thunder from me. As we're getting on, a gigantic armored car drifts into the alleyway. Okay, I want to say that again. A giant armored car drifts Tokyo into drifts. an alleyway. All of a sudden, we're fast and the furious in this Indeed. movie for like two seconds. So the ensuing, you know what's going to happen. They're driving down this tight alleyway. In comes the, the, car, the armored car, which is entirely too big for this alleyway. Right. It's hitting bicycles. It's hitting motorcycles. It's hitting it's trash cans. Smashing
0: games, everything in its way.
2: Everything in its sight. They manage to get out of the alleyway and on the open street. And they lose the armored car, but then uh, another widow shows up on a motorcycle and starts following them. And this is... Kind of a woo moment. We got some motorcycle stuff going on here. It's
0: slightly wooish in nature. I might. I'll allow it. Okay. Woo as fuck. No doves in this one. <laughs> you know, we get
2: this great moment. You know, when they skid sideways onto a an handrail and they go flying, and then get back up to carjack a car. And the funny thing is, Tosh like you can't steal this guy's car. What you want me to unsteal it? Elena says the the just her dry wit. Like, why are you trying to be this goody two shoes? Right? <laughs> are you fucking
0: kidding? It's just been hanging around Steve Rogers too long.
2: Yeah, well, it rubs off on you apparently.
0: <laughs> Get into the car. They start driving. Yeah. The, now I will say this: this area right here, where they right after they carjack the car, and we get this super wide aerial footage of them being chased. It's the one moment in the entire movie where I'm not a fan of the of the footage because it's so wide. And listen, I'm watching this on a pretty big television. I can barely see the cars that are moving. Like I'm I'm barely recognizing what I'm supposed to be actually focused in on because they're so wide. That the car is like teeny tiny teeny, like barely, I don't know. Just a note for you, Kate. <laughs> Anyway, moving on. Moving on. As they're getting chased, they're
2: trying to figure out, you know, what's the plan here, Natasha? You're just driving the car. (laughs) Natasha's like, I don't know. I'm basically making this up. I'm just trying to get us out of here. Right. And then Elena's like, okay, fine. And she kicks open the the passenger door. It hits a sign, which then cuts the door off of the the BMW that they're driving, and then slides over and dismounts the motorcyclist all in one fell swoop. Really well done. It is pretty fantastic. But, you know, just when they think they're in the clear from kicking out doors of people, people, Mm -hmm. in comes the armored vehicle again, and hmm, who could possibly be driving the armored vehicle, or at least in the armored vehicle that's being driven? Indeed. Why, look, it's the Taskmaster. Of course it is. And instead of using your fancy Dan Shield and all the other nonsense, pulls (laughs) out the compound bow. Right. And can I just say, (laughs) there are a lot of things that I like about Marvel movies, (laughs) but how they operate bows... (laughs) really annoys me to a degree that I can't even... I mean, I'm bad enough with the foldy-foldy sword that she has later on. Yeah. But the bows look so fake.
0: The foldy-foldy sword look like when she tucks that sword back into her backpack, it looks like something that should have been given to Harry Potter. Right. Like it's like it's, it's like, oh come on.
2: Exactly. That
0: sword is like three feet long and it just magically foldy foldy foldies right. into the thing. Into right.
2: a solid sword. Right. But I mean same thing with bows, the though. Bows, You're right. It's, it's literally
0: the actor holding their
2: fist out and going like <laughs> yeah, pushing forward and then a the clackety clack clack clack. Right. The CG hate it when thing. Hawkeye did it. I hate it when she does it. I will continue to hate it until somebody just pulls out a long bow. Actually you know what? In the Hawkeye TV show that's on Disney Plus, it's actually a more convincing because she just has a regular bow, right? Kate Bishop only has a she didn't get a fancy Dan Hawkeye bow <laughs> until later on, right? So, but anyway. Taskmaster gets the magic bow of doom, fires (laughs) off one of Hawkeye's patented explodey-splodey arrows, and it goes
0: underneath the car, bounces off the
2: ground, hits the car, and blows it up
0: over on top of itself. Does not explode when it bounces off the ground. That's
2: because it's high-tech Stark equipment.
0: Sure. Just saying. I mean... Anyway. Okay.
1: Okay. I I
2: literally cannot argue that, but, you know, it still looked cool. Um, So, car blows up, flips over, and then somehow manages to land in the same train station that I'm pretty sure that Natasha came out of. Right. Right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And just happens to be the same train station that she was hiding out in. That flip. Now that flip, that car flip and and subsequent slide into down the-, to sub, the stairs, tick, Down tick, to the stairs. Down to the subway tick, station. Tick, tick. Just nobody would survive. Okay. Yes, I get it. They're enhanced human beings. But man. I'm, I'm just, actually more worried, surprised that
2: nobody got hurt in oh, the train yeah, station. Yeah, there were no- Nobody who's just pa- casually walking through the Budapest train station Transition. gets hit by a careening BMW <laughs> coming down a flight of stairs.
0: Right, exactly. I,
2: if, if I'm going to accept the fact that Natasha Romanoff can fall off of a five-story building and hit everything on the way down and then get up and run, <laughs> Fair I'm okay with her being in a car that got bloaty, bloaty, yeah. bloody.
0: Yeah, in there. Fair enough. Um,
2: but they survive. Yeah. They, they climb out of the busted up uh, room and Natasha's like, okay, we got to go hide. So in comes Taskmaster. Well, <laughs> they slide down an escalator. Oh my God. All I could think of was Skyfall. Yep. And all I can think of is every, and I, may, maybe this is not how it is in- uh, Oh, I think I know where you're going yeah. with this. Uh, maybe it's not how they do it in Budapest, but there are no little nubs to keep people from sliding down like mm-hmm. every yep. escalator Does. in America.
0: In America. In America.
2: <laughs> it's like they pull them off. They go slide down. And I'm going to point out, they had that thing lubed up. Because I saw when Natasha hit it, there was like a smooth kind of when she hit it where whatever they lubed it up with kind of pushed out when she hit it. Right. Which I think explains a great deal. But uh, still, where are the things where you're not going, ow, 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 ow,
1: ow, yeah. ow,
2: ow, ow. <laughs> I ow. Know. I was like, oh, they cleared off all the little nubs and lights, and yeah. how convenient. How convenient that they designed exactly for sliding down. <laughs> Pretty great. So as Taskmaster's following them, she basically finds a trail of blood that leads into uh, an underground section of the train station. Right. And using the logic that it's their blood, jumps into the thing, follows off. Well, ha-ha, <laughs> like she fooled Thunderbolt Ross earlier. That's Tricks right. Tricks
1: on you, Taskmaster.
2: <laughs> They're up hiding in the air shaft where we learn they were hiding back in Budapest. When they killed, when when they they killed Dreykov's daughter. When they thought they, 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 thought they, they, thought they killed Drakeoff and Drakeoff's daughter. Right. Um, and so they have a little bit of, you know, talkie talkie this, that, and the other where, you know, what are we going to do next? I don't know. You look around, and it's hilarious because... There's tic-tac-toe games yeah. for when Barton and Natasha were in there and, and some other things. I think there was some like Hawkeye was here, kind right. of graffiti and stuff like that. So marvel but That's And it's so funny. But it's fun. And it also kind of establishes that there's no real romantic link between Barton and Natasha. Yeah. Stuck up in a room for, what did she say, three or four days they were in there?
0: Right. And what did they do? They, they played, played tic-tac-toe and made dumb graffiti and, on the yeah, wall.
2: Yeah, they they weren't, you know... Hawkeye wasn't putting his arrow in its very special <laughs> feet, chief, if you know what I'm saying. So, anywhos. While they're up there, uh, Elena really starts talking about killing of Drakov's daughter. Mm-hmm. Natasha kind of goes to the explanation that Drakov's daughter was the only way to confirm Drakov was in the building. Yes. And so... Yes, it, you know, basically it was a terrible thing to do that she's carried around with her her entire life since. But considering how much she hated the idea of the Red Room when she was 11, right, you know, and then had to go through all that, it seems almost justifiable in Natasha's mind that I may have to do this unspeakable thing, but I'm finally free,
0: right? Yeah, no, There's there's justification on both sides for both arguments. It's like, right. It's perfectly understandable that someone going through all that would want to just... Cut it away
2: as easy, as fast as possible. Right. And you have to also take a look into the fact that the stuff that Elena has been doing, she's programmed, right? Right. She has an excuse to say, I wasn't doing those atrocities. Right. Everything that Natasha had to do...
0: Is like a decision.
2: She had to do it. She Everything in her red ledger, she made the decision to do. There was no programming telling her to do it. So, And I'm surprised that she doesn't bring that up in the movie at some point to counter the argument. Yeah. Why do you keep throwing this at me? Everything you had to do, you were at least fucking programmed to have to do it. Right. I had to do it all on threat of death. Right. Period. So she doesn't go into that. Maybe that was a little too dark for where they were going. I don't know. (laughs) But either way, we see the flashback of her doing the deed and the building blows up. We know Antonia's in there. And then, you know, her feeling sad and boohooy about having to kill a little girl. Right. So they get out. They show them cut to them uh, walking to this general store bodega type of thing. And we find out that uh, at this point that the Red Room is undetectable because it's constantly moving. Dreykov learned you can't keep it all in one space. Right. So he relocates frequently to throw people off. We also learned that every agent is basically sedated when going in and leaving. So they have no idea... Of where that location is when they're coming and going. So, if somehow they manage to get turned, they still can't tell you because they didn't know where it was in the first place.
0: And they couldn't even tell you that it's in the air. Right. Necessarily. Because we
2: don't even know that till later. Right. Hiding in plain sight of the clouds. Uh-huh. Also, no clouds above where they were at. So, where are the fucking satellites? We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, Dreykov has managed to stay off of Natasha's radar because he didn't want to get heat from the other Avengers. So... Being dead served his purpose with Natasha because Natasha had no reason to keep going. Right. Because, you know, if the Avengers show up your doorstep,
0: then, your whole then you, program's hosed. Yeah, you have a problem then.
2: Yeah, and because everybody liked Natasha. All she really needed was Rogers for that one, to be perfectly honest. You know, I mean, sure, Thor coming in <laughs> and Iron Man would have right. been great. But if you had Rogers and Barton on board, that's really all you needed. Because Steve would have been like, oh, hell no. Yeah. And Barton would have been like, yeah, okay. Yeah. So and that's when we get some funny bits where Elena kinda casually states that Natasha isn't one of the bigger Avengers <laughs>
0: because somebody like Thor doesn't need to take ibuprofen after a fight. <laughs> I do love that. And that's when we also get the whole uh posing thing.
1: Why do you always do that thing? Do what? The thing you do when you're fighting. Like the this thing that you do when you whip your hair when you're fighting with the arm and the hair and you do like a fighting pose. It's a fighting pose. You're a total poser. I'm not a
0: poser.
2: <laughs> Her delivery. First of all, she's got the best Russian accent for a non-Russian in the in the, movie. in the movie. But, you know, it's at this point that I have to point out that there's a reason for the posing per se. Well, Not,
0: the the sexual
2: no, no, okay. So that that that's a byproduct.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just because Scarlett Johansson is sexy. <laughs>
2: when she hits the ground on those things, she slaps the ground with her fr- with her front hand. So she's, she's she's dispersing the energy from where she's coming from and landing on the ground. Right. Normally, you do that in a tuck and roll, but she's doing it in a Iron Man pose. We we have to really blame rdj for this one (laughs) he started that shit in iron man with how you land from a height right right so there's a logic to it but it's funny that natasha doesn't even bother try to explain the logic of it she just denies that she's posing at all right (laughs) which it's hilarious Nightfall comes along and uh, they're they're sharing a beer while you know Natasha walks over because they kind of have an argument yeah and she, to soften up she walks over with a bottle of beer yeah Yelena's uh, in there trying to fix the the injury she has in her arm and Natasha goes over and echoing what uh, their mom did back in ninety five right she blows on the, the I do the really cut. like this
0: scene a lot it's there's it's, a
2: lot of emotional callbacks to things from their childhood.
0: Yeah, it's just a lot of good back and forth. I mean, it's really smartly written because it's sort of, they keep bringing up these little things that happened in the past and and Yelena's talking about how she couldn't tell whether it was, how much of it was her and how much of it was the mind control when she had to kill these other people. Mm -hmm. And you could see the guilt that Yelena was feeling over it. And so Natasha comes over and consoles her and it's just, this whole scene is just really...
2: Yeah, it's basically the linchpin for the rest of the movie. Yeah, where they stop being bitchy to each other, right, and kind of start. This is the bloodletting scene, right? Right. (laughs) This this is where Murtaugh and Riggs get together, (laughs) and they go out to fight the general and get the drugs back or whatever. Right. Um. It's 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 the we're partners now. Yeah. Soon to become friends, soon to become sisters, right? Kind of standpoint. So, Elena kind of gives a little bit more exposition on how the program has evolved since Natasha was involved with it and how kids are being stolen and used and outright killed with no abandon. That Dracoff doesn't care how much is being invested into training these right. people, they're all expendable assets. You can always get more, which is, right. of course, reiterated. Later on in the story. Very
0: much so. You
2: know, they talk about family. Uh, they talk about looking for parents. Natasha's like, my mother abandoned me when I was... Threw me in the garbage yeah, threw or whatever. Yeah, me, threw me in the trash. And so I never really had any parents to go looking for after I was done. They talk about having kids, which obviously they can't um, because, right. you know... Well, we get the explanation for that a little bit later too, so we'll just leave that. Yeah. The conversation kind of leads to things that they can have now that they're free of the mind control. What would you do now? What can you do now that you have the ability to to do what you want to do? Natasha basically then invites her to go locate the red room and hunt down uh, Drykov because you know what else you hmm. got. On? That sounds got any- like fun. You
0: got anything else on your agenda? <laughs> right. <laughs> so one of the more sly things in this scene that I didn't even pick up on until I hear the line at the very end of the scene, is across the street from where they're having a beer, yeah. there's a guy working on a car. Yeah, a, with a family. A, with a family. And that's
2: where you get the whole talk about wanting to have kids and all that other yeah.
0: stuff. But they both sort of look at each other and they know where the key is. <laughs> where the guy put the key so they know how to steal the car. Right. It just sh- kind of shows how they're both of the same mind that way. It's like... right so they still said car and then they have this really
2: cute discussion about this vest that <laughs> Elena it is the first thing I ever bought for myself it's it's so it's got pockets it's got still. so many pockets so
0: many pockets. and you can't even tell that
2: things are in there you can keep so many things in these I pockets. knew you liked my vest. I knew you liked it. And so this is kind of a, the vest is a bit of a MacGuffin because in uh, uh, Infinity War, actually it's not in Infinity War. I think it's after, is it? I think it may be in Infinity War 2. Natasha is wearing this vest okay. in the last two Avenger movies that she's alive. She dies with this vest on. Oh, really? Yes. So oh. she has the vest after Elena gives it to her later on. And that it's the kind of a thing that that's why Natasha changed her outfit to accommodate the vest with so many
0: pockets. There's so many
2: pockets. You could do so many things with this vest. It's great. <laughs> and she's so excited like a teenager. That, I know, I know. About, Just because it's her first personal... Yeah, it's the first thing she's ever gotten first. Yeah. It's probably like the first Lamborghini that Michael Jordan bought. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you never forget your first Lamborghini. Never. Why would you forget your first vest? That's right. But... As they're going in the car, they're like, you know, we're not going to be able to get there in a car. Widow figures out that they're going to need to get Alexei, the red guardian, to figure out where the red room is. Right. Because obviously it's floating around, moving around. Well, we don't know it's floating. Floating in the sense that it's not in one place.
0: And we don't know where that... And
2: we don't know where that one place is because it's floating. floating. <laughs> but, you know, and at this point, I thought, well, maybe... I'm like, they get, they're they going to go find their mom to figure that out. I always forget that they have to go break Alexei out for this. <laughs> and I don't know why, because it's the first big set piece of the entire film, really. Right. And But, yeah, so they, in order to go get him, they can't just drive to where they need to go because he's in prison in Russia.
0: In Siberia, I believe.
2: In, if that ain't Siberia, it's pretty Siberia adjacent. That's for right. sure. So they cut to the next day and they meet up with Rick, who, being a man that could find things and get things for you, gets them a helicopter. Not a jet, <laughs> but a, a helicopter. helicopter. Because didn't give him enough notice. Right. You can't work his magic with uh, you get what you get with such right? short notice. Yeah. And then there's this great scene where he's got like a Black Widow's bug out bag. Right. Like five years ago. <laughs> yeah. And Yelena opens up the, the bag and there's a granola bar. And she's like, I packed that in there five years ago. No, no, <laughs> She's like
0: dry, very dry. dry. But keeps eating
2: it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't stop. Doesn't stop. Keeps eating. It. And of course, in this bag, not one widow costume, but two How convenient. widow costumes. <laughs> and the irony of ironies. And I don't know if you noticed this. Natasha's is much more (laughs) form-fitting than Yelena's is. And I'm like, was that a conscious choice? Because Yelena is not smaller than Natasha. So there's no reason for it to not fit as well. Right. But it looks baggier on her. So did Natasha have like, is that like an oversuit for the bodysuit? Because she's going into cold weather operations? I just, I wonder what the logic (laughs) was behind it.
0: Well, I assume that because they were white, that they were meant for camouflaging into snow. Oh, absolutely! But I mean, so I assume that they would be warmer than one would. But 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 what if that still doesn't explain why one is so svelte and the other one is not?
2: Was Elena's suit intended to go over Natasha's suit while she was outside? Oh, I see. And then when she gets inside, takes off the scuba gear. Perfectly pressed tuxedo, <laughs> except that it's it's a white version of gotcha, Natasha's skin type gotcha. outfit. This was my thinking. I'm probably overthinking it, but there was a conscious decision to, again, and maybe goes back to what I was saying. There's that sexualization of Natasha's character and kind of the, the bruiser version of Yelena's character. Right. Maybe that was the costume decision there. But yeah. I, as much as I appreciate trying to make a person's costume reflect what the character's doing, I need some logic to, to, to justify that. And uh, at this point, uh, we also get from Rick that Ross has been sniffing around in his affairs, which is causing him problems with his business.
0: Right. And it's kind of probably one of the reasons why he could only get her this janky helicopter too
2: right because he's we've clearly established he's in the in the business of impressing natasha
0: indeed <laughs> so
2: it does seem like a bit of a disappointment particularly considering what he pulls out of his magic hat
0: later in the film indeed
2: so they get their stuff together and we're cutting to Alexei's prison break
0: oh my gosh i love I all actually, of
2: this all of this scene is amazing but david
0: harbour my god well he he makes it sing Absolutely. Like, he is the reason why this scene works so damn well. Absolutely, because
2: he gets to play the goofy oaf. So from there, we cut to uh, a prison cafeteria where (laughs) Alexi is arm wrestling just about everybody and winning handily every single time while getting a gigantic tattoo on his back (laughs) and telling everyone of his times as the Red Guardian fighting Captain America, which somebody will call him out on, but just... Total bullshit because Captain right. America was frozen still right. at that point in time. <laughs> but his whole thing was to be Captain America's analog for the Soviet Union. Right.
0: And so... Because that's what he wants to be. That's
2: what he wants to be. That's what he was purported to be. That's
0: his whole identity. So... I just love when the one guy, uh, one of the first guys, before he breaks the guy's arm... Right. And and there's the one guy who thinks he's got it, suddenly thinks he's got a chance. Well, because he's <laughs> fucking with him. He's like, oh...
2: Oh, oh.
1: oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's great.
2: It, it's fantastic. And just when you think about it, he's arm wrestling while getting a tattoo on his back.
1: right. And a huge I'm like, tattoo.
2: A huge tattoo. What's that tattoo going to look like if it keeps moving like that? I just He doesn't have to see it, I guess. It's on right. his back, right? So maybe it doesn't matter. But uh, eventually we get this big, muscly, tall, giant dude <laughs> yeah. that comes over and calls him out on the Captain America bullshit. And he's like, oh, you're telling me about what I need. And just slams his arm over and breaks his wrist to the point where oh, it's just so flobby, floppy. So, flobby, so gross. Flobby hand. flabby, flabby <laughs> hand. Flobby. (laughs) Flobby hand. It's super graphic for a Marvel movie. It is. No blood or anything, but just the damage that was... It's gnarly. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, when you think about how the widow fell down from the smokestack, and she had the janky leg going the wrong direction. Yeah. So, they they weren't really pulling any punches with this one. So, anyway, as the guy's hand is flobbing around on his busted wrist, we hear (laughs) over the PA system that Alexi has mail...
0: You've got mail. Yeah, I'm trying to understand
2: how, why he's getting calls for mail. I guess it's because of the cake and the guards wanted to taunt him. But it seems like if you get mail at a prison,
0: you, you only, just get you'll, it. In, yeah, you just get it like once a week or yeah, something. Yeah, you get it in the mail yard, you know. Right.
2: You know, Alexa, blah, whatever, but nope. So he walks over to the, what I'm assuming is a guard shack and the two guards give him a lot of shit about being the red guardian and all this right. other stuff there's cake that they're eating. Oh yeah. They're like, tell,
0: tell whoever sent you this. More butter. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right. More butter. That's pretty great. And he sits down on a bench that's in front of it over there and opens up and inside his little 12 inch red guardian doll. <laughs> That he recognizes, which is even funnier. because well, he also, starts
0: doing the song
2: when he knows it's gonna I know. come up, He, he the gets button. so
1: excited,
0: he gets right. so like joyous about it. And it's he like, pushes
2: the button, it's all
1: burr, 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 burr,
2: follow the red guardian, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> he's so happy. But then the head pops off after he pushes the button. And inside the head is an earpiece. And of course, he knows just what to do with an earpiece. Put it in your ear. But he does kind of, anybody Yeah, I know. I'm not like, exactly subtle. I'm like, man, you could have been all like brushing your long hair back and nobody would have known. But no, you're all <laughs> like looking left, looking right. What's happening? As he puts it in. How does she know it's
0: in his ear? Well, does he start talking or not?
2: I don't think he starts talking. I think Not she just, yet. She just literally tells him, okay, you know, we're here to rescue you, dumbass. Do what I tell you to do if you want to get out of here. And don't make a commotion. <laughs> So what does he proceed to do? Starts running for the gates and makes a commotion. Right. All of the all of the prisoners see him running. red guardian is escaping, and they go. Are they running with him? I, are they chasing again? I don't I was, understand. I was
0: a little confused by that as well. I I figured they were just wanting to try and escape as well. That's
2: what I was thinking, but they didn't. It wasn't clearly defined, and no. the fact that there's even a doubt has to make me wonder. But he ends up uh, jamming the door closed with, what did he grab? Oh. Was uh, it another
0: door? I don't even know. It was he just grabs a big
2: old piece of metal. metal. Yeah, and he shoves it in there yeah. and prevents the door from being able to get open. And Natasha's like, you made a commotion, didn't you? <laughs> but then he comes out and there he has this another moment, again, with the demonstration of superpowers in the Marvel Universe. He kicks
0: a gigantic metal what's effectively a ship door. Well, and that's the interesting thing about this whole breakout scene is he probably could have escaped of his own will. Yeah, you start thinking, why was he still there? Yeah, like if he's this strong, he probably yeah. could
2: have made his way out of there. He kicks a metal bulkhead door off of a wall. <laughs> and then she tells him to haul ass. So he starts making these gigantic leaps. Onto a fence. Right, he's like
0: gargoyle jumps up the wall. Right.
2: <laughs> uh, you know, completely just doing things that you're like, why is he still here? Right. <laughs> and so you're like, is he there because of his own self-inflicted penance? Nobody knows. Yeah. But- It's like he comes alive suddenly and and starts doing what he needs to do. But meanwhile, you've got Natasha and Yelena up in this old, (laughs) old Soviet-era helicopter, trying to get to a point where he can get to the chopper so they can get him out. Natasha has to go down to help him. Lands doing the pose. Yeah, see, you're such a poser,
0: (laughs) right? And you know, I just love that. I love (laughs) how she's just shaking her head like
2: right. (sighs) Well, and then she has to put the helicopter on autopilot, goes and gets a rocket launcher to take out a gun turret, that's shitty, on a witch. By the way, you can't launch that rocket launcher inside a helicopter unless you have the other door open. Because
0: you blow back, out the other the side back of the... blast. Right.
2: <laughs> in for a penny, in for a pound. I say yeah. it every single time. Yeah. You basically just... It, it, this finely choreographed violence... <laughs> with a floating helicopter and ropes on a bridge. I mean, that's right. literally all you need to know. But the piece de resistance, Chris, let me know if I pronounced that correctly. <laughs> is she starts an avalanche from blowing up the gun tower. Right. And she's like, oh, well, this is, could get the interesting. <laughs> yeah. Whoa.
1: This would be a cool way to die. <laughs>
2: right and then you see all the the people that are running after Red Guardian see the snow coming and immediately run back into the building right it's hilarious the only thing this was missing was somebody on a snowboard <laughs> to a Bad cover of, of a, a Beach Beatles, Boy uh, a Beach song <laughs> and another Bond moment. It's literally the only thing this movie didn't have was a skiing moment. And this got pretty close. <laughs> right. So everybody sees the avalanche. They run away. Natasha gets back on the rope, swings against Alexi, They pull him up to the helicopter and everybody's flying away. Farewell, douchebags. <laughs> so in the helicopter, is immediately greedy with a punch in the face by Elena. He makes a snipe comment, you know, this is your time of the month. And that sums up all you need to know about uh, Alexei, Alexei in this movie, uh-huh. really. Yeah. Um, just not very good at dealing with women or no. people <laughs> or the world. <laughs> he's, he's just an asshole. That wants to relive his his past glories.
0: Yeah. Well, I think you hit it on the head. Actually, even though we were kind of joking about it earlier, is that prison did this to him. Absolutely. Like this, because he clearly wasn't that guy when we saw him in the in the pre-title. So, and based on the storyline, essentially, as soon as he gave that disc off. He got put in jail. He got put in jail and so the rest of his life. So that would kind of turn him into this this person who he is now. As as Red would say in Shawshank, he's been institutionalized. Institutionalized.
2: <laughs> he did better on the outside though. I'm <laughs> just saying. That's true. That's so, true. So <laughs> this is where they, they remind him that as being part of the Red Room program, they had their uterus and their ovaries cut out, so they can't have a time of the month. <laughs> I just love the, the mimicking that Yelena oh, does she with her hands. A, yeah, they, she, they pull out the thing. They just, they just, they just they pull it down and they, and sn- and they take it. it and they, they snip it and they cut it. And it, he's just like, I, stop. He's like- I was just about to get to the fallopian tubes. <laughs> it, yeah, again, Florence Pugh, man. Yeah, so good. I'm so, so looking good. forward to her being in anything that Marvel does going forward because she's gonna be she's going to be the snide ass remark person that Scarlett Johansson was, but she's so much better at
0: it. I just want to see her in more spy stuff. Period. Too. Period. I mean, I think about how good she was in the Little Drummer Girl um, as sort of this actress who turns into a spy over the course of it. I would love to see her in another. I think she could be the, the main character as a spy. I just think she's a great actress just all around. like she, she She's she
2: got a future ahead of her.
0: That, that girl's
2: got that a future. That girl's got a future. She's got Moxie. She's got that, I don't know, je ne sais quoi. Right, Chris? Je ne sais
1: quoi.
0: <laughs> There's something about her. It's just fantastic. The joys of writing into the CIC. You're going to hear about it in future episodes. <laughs> So excellent. So,
2: Alexei basically just goes on this whole tear about, oh, my girls are back and we're such a family. Because this is in his brain, this is probably what's been sustaining him for the past 20 some odd years.
0: Which, ironically, he keeps complaining about how bored he was. Right.
2: About how, how bored he was and he didn't want a family, but they are his family. And yet, I mean, it's
0: the thing that's kept him. Pretty much sane, I'm yeah. going to say,
2: because, you know, there's there's the usually the super soldier serum makes you a little crazy and right. bad variants. So some of that probably wasn't helping his mental state right. as he was going along. But he's just he's trying to to build up this family dynamic and both of them are having nothing to do with it <laughs> right. at all. And Tatosh mm. is straight up in business mode. This is what we're doing. This is what you're going to do.
0: Yeah. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to find out where the Red Room is.
2: Yeah, exactly. We don't care so <laughs> Natasha keeps pressing him to find out where the red room is but he actually doesn't know this is where I keep thinking why didn't they just go to mom first right because he's been in prison forever she well they thought she was dead that's the thing. Oh, that's right. They did. They thought yeah. she was dead. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. That explains it all. Uh, let's <laughs> go ahead and edit all that stuff out so that I don't seem like an idiot. Okay. Great. So he's like, I don't know, but uh, Melina knows. And of course, the girls we now know thought she was dead. Well, I know now. I guess you all did if you watched the movie that I did watch. <laughs> I clearly did not pick that up on. Uh, <laughs> Alexa has that line. is like, you cannot kill a fox. That's swift. <laughs> and they're like, Ew. I love, ew. The, I love
0: the ew moments. The
2: the mom and dad having sex ew moments. It yes. So good in this. Because it, they both do it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's not just Elena. They're both like, I, I,
2: I'm not listening. <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> yeah. Too funny. So, Alexei kind of goes into thinking that she still works for the Red Room, but not directly. Uh, she's working at a lab outside of St. Petersburg. Elena mentions that she doesn't think they have enough fuel to make it to St. Petersburg, but Alexei, no. We have more than enough fuel to get plenty, plenty of fuel. And the land's like, "All right, whatever." And then we cut to the chopper literally falling from the sky, crashing <laughs> right. with, with smoke in it.
0: Um, very almost cartoony. Yeah, it had a very comedy. Looney Tunes feel to it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like there should have been a, a like coyote a, at the end of that. Or a- yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Big puff of smoke. Right. Clouds go flying around.
0: See, now, Eon, that's where a slide whistle is appropriate.
2: The only place where a slide whistle is appropriate. Not
0: when James Bond is flipping a car over on a jump. With no, matter- sar- no matter who is in the backseat, even if it's Officer Pepper or whatever. Jw what? J.W. Pepper, that's his
1: name. There you oh, go. I hate him as It most. doesn't
2: matter. Slide <laughs> whistles are really never appropriate. No. But in this moment, we would allow it.
1: Right. We would allow
2: it. <laughs> So, as they start walking, the girls finally just have enough of Alexina's and his bullshit. Because um, all he cares about is whether Natasha ever talked to Captain America to say those war stories about these battles with the Red Guardian.
0: Uh, and it's like, you, he wasn't even alive. He was frozen. And they're like, you haven't seen us for 20 years. And that's, all you, that's, that's what that's, you want to know.
2: Right. You don't care about us, you don't care anything about us. You want to know about Captain America? Okay, fine. America. Uh, Then, you know, he makes another turn. He starts acting like the proud father. Look at what you girls have turned into. All the kills you've made. Your ledgers must literally be (laughs) dripping with blood. Nice callback to the Avengers. Yes. Right?
0: I couldn't be more proud of you. I couldn't
2: be more proud of you. (laughs) And they just keep walking down the road.
0: Well, I love that we get that little, are we there yet? Right. And he's like, oh, you'll know. And then he does the little... Yeah,
2: he does a little pig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What does that mean? But also brings up the question: How does Alexei know that there's pigs there if he's been in jail since they landed? Yeah. Did Melina maybe go see him in prison? Hard to say. She still had the Red Guardian costume.
0: Four a lot minutes. of things we don't know.
2: I feel like we need... Remember? Well, maybe you don't remember. For those of you who like Marvel movies like <laughs> I... Remember when they used to do the little short takey things when they were to release the movie and they do like a little three or four minute vignette that dealt with Coulson or Peggy Carter or Thor's hammer
0: or something like that? <laughs> this like, would they, be a good moment they for They really
2: that. need to have a... What happened to Alexei after this all happened?
0: Yes, Melina Melina comes for a visit.
2: Yeah, it just has to maybe be them six years down the road from when he's been put in prison. Yeah. And he's not quite crazy yet. Yeah,
0: he's just kind of crazy, but not totally gone yet.
2: Um, (laughs) Marvel, if you're listening, because I know you listen to this podcast because we have such great ideas. Clearly. Get on it. That's right. What are we waiting for? I'll write it for you. (laughs) Ben will film it for you and edit it for you. (laughs) That's right. We will do it. You just, David Harbour... Rachel Weiss and honestly, in our contract, Dan Craig's going to have to show up too. Um, <laughs> find us a prison. We'll take care of it for you. Yeah, Good to go. Okay, good. So that'll be like your really first big movie credit. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. <laughs> Done deal. <laughs> All we need is to sink that red ink in the ledger. We're ready to that's, go. That's right. So much red. So we cut to a top-down shot of pigs walking through a maze that's been set up. <laughs> now we understand... And we see Melina. She's telling the pigs how good they are because they're going through this maze. And she also has an evil genius iPad thingy. Yes. <laughs> um, and she's using it to command the pigs, but also there's an alar- alarm that's set off. She has some proximity sensors somewhere. Right. Um, that's how she knows. So she goes in and gets her gun. And I like how she just hefts. What looks like a fifty caliber mach- or sniper rifle. Right. With like, you know how much that thing weighs, right? And I'm like, okay, maybe set enhancements. Okay, fine, I'll buy yeah. it. I, you would not think that someone <laughs> like Rachel Weisz would be so comfortable whipping around this gigantic firearm.
0: Well, I mean, kudos to her for making it look that yeah. way. Since She was acting. Acting. Thank you. <laughs> Shakespeare. Uh, <laughs> but she pops through the site and
2: she sees the two girls, and who could miss Alexi? No one's going to miss <laughs> right. Alexi. Uh, her family walking in there. And then, as he comes in, honey, we're home. <laughs> Melina leads him back to the house, and we get the most awkward family dinner ever assembled in a Marvel movie. More awkward than the family dinner in the Eternals? Yes, I think it's more awkward than that one too. And we basically, get, it's its every kids coming home with dysfunctional parents trope you see in a film, right. but with an added layer of superhero spy intrigue, right. which makes it twice as ridiculous and twice as entertaining. You literally have two girls sitting in white superhero uniforms
0: <laughs> at, a, at a dinner table <laughs> at a
2: dinner table with their fat out of shape dad also in his superhero uniform that it was, barely fits it was
0: squeezed
2: into right. it like a still fits <laughs> and then you've got melina the mom just dressed like a mom right <laughs> and then they start having you're eat, slouching you're slouching <laughs> I'm not slouching you need to eat more of this i don't need to eat more of that The whole thing is funny. Harbor keeps throwing the lines in. You're just as beautiful and supple as the day they staged our marriage. Oh, my gosh. All this stuff. Natasha trying desperately to keep everybody on track with what they're going to do. <laughs> here's the plan. Yeah, here's the plan. <laughs> Stop Hello. slouching. Yeah. Here's the plan. <laughs> yeah, exa- uh, it just, And it's almost like the character she ends up becoming in Infinity War, where she's kind of holding, keeping everybody together. Right. Handing <laughs> out the assignments, this, that, yeah. and the other. Yeah, it's just funny. She's the grown-up. Right.
1: (laughs) Basically in this whole situation.
2: The one who usually is very flippant and uncaring about anything. Alexi tries to get a little something something. (laughs) I I have a lot (laughs) of energy. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. I've been in prison for 20 years. I have a lot of energy. Ew. Natasha just looks on with horror. And finally, uh, Natasha says, we need to know where the Red Worm is so we can kill And Melina says, you can't defeat a man that controls the very will of people. And then we get the
0: exposition about the thing. She brings in the pig with a super iPad. Oh, can I just say, I hate this scene. Like the scene where the pigs come in and she she makes the pig stop breathing. I know it's a CGI pig. Right. I know it's not a real pig. I know the pig's not actually going to die. But God, it's super uncomfortable. and, And granted, that's what it's there to do. Right. I just don't like
1: it cuz it makes cuz it works cuz it's yes, very effective for me. It is very
0: me.
2: effective. And I don't know what he had 11 seconds before left before he had anything bad would have happened. Right. And then he's go on did that pig open the door? <laughs> yeah. That was my favorite part of that. It's like, did that pig open the door? <laughs> Uh, she names the pig Lexi. Which, oh, yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. That's the fact that you named the pig after me. Well, you don't see the resemblance. <laughs> she then kind of goes into the extrapolation that what the mission in Ohio, Ohio was to break into a S.H.I.E.L.D. lab where they were doing mind control type of experiments, steal all the data so they can bring it back. And that is eventually what became the Red Room program after being shuffled through stuff that they'd learned in the Winter Soldier program. They sort right. of brought the two programs together to get the new and improved Black Widows, which is why she's not affected by it. Natasha's not affected by it. We learn later on, however, that Drakov did put other things in place. To prevent as even, a safeguard. As a safeguard, to prevent the fully conscious widows from being able to do anything. Right. Very clever. It's so clever. However, it's good scene. <laughs> um, So, yeah. So, that was the whole impetus for why they were there, why they left. They basically were able to use this information to create like a cellular blueprint of the basal ganglia kids. <laughs> Get your biology books. <laughs> you know, right. it's in there. Basal ganglia, which in the, the scientific speak is the hub of human cognition. According to some brain specialists, some others people. may argue. Yes. But uh, Melina states that she thinks that uh, people operate at a higher level when they're under control, like ants. She's basically going for the hive mentality. <laughs> right. Without having to think about emotions and other consequences, you're much more effective because you're just doing the thing. Right. Like the Borg, um, <laughs> which is a whole different thing. The Borg. The Borg. Yeah, Borg, the Borg. They're in Norway. And <laughs> um, you know how they're in Norway, Ben. <clears throat> Norway. All right. Sorry, callback. And so then we get to... Uh,
0: oh, God, I love this part of the scene.
2: They really get this thing where they start talking about how their family was just a construct. And this is mostly Natasha driving this. Yeah. Because Natasha, I think, subconsciously doesn't want to admit that... She went through this whole thing that the Avengers are a family because she had no family because her yeah. mother
0: abandoned her. She doesn't want to admit that what she went through for three years somehow still affects her. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And and even and this though This is and this is again, this is another shining moment for Florence Pugh's character. Oh, absolutely. Cuz she's like, um, yeah, you did. So Natasha is going off basically saying
2: you, you we're not family. It's all a construct. None of it actually matters, but you can tell that Elena it still matters to Right, because she was even though there's probably what five six year age difference between the two of them, but she's at that age that's much more impressionable. She, she's literally a little girl. Natasha's almost a teenager, and Natasha had already been in the red room and knew what was happening. So right. she had a level of awareness that probably even a normal ten year old wasn't going right. to have because the teacher that I'm assuming situational awareness for. Yeah. That. So yeah. all Yelena, that all Yelena. that Elena remembers. And she literally says that. She's like, all I remember from my childhood was that you're my family. Yeah. Because she was too young when she got taken away from whoever her parents were to remember anything by the age that she was when they did that. Yeah. And they'd been there for three years. So that means she was probably like one or two when they went over to Ohio in the first place.
0: So that's all. I mean, that's about when you start remembering yeah, things forming, as a kid anyway. Exactly.
2: So to her, it was all very real. She says it was all very real for her and that no one told her it wasn't real after she got into the Red Room. So,
0: you know. Yeah, she calls them all out for different various reasons. I mean, yep. it's like Melina made her the, the lab rat. Alexei was just buddy-buddy with Drakov, And then Natasha never went to, like, save her or yeah, anything. Yeah, never
2: came back to find out what happened to and her. And everybody
0: just kind of gets quiet for a yeah. little, for a second. Because they're
2: all like, um, Yeah. Yeah. And what does she do in true Russian fashion? Grabs the vodka and heads off to drink, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Alexi's like, don't worry. I will handle this.
0: <laughs> yes, because when it comes to handling sensitive situations, you think Alexi. <laughs> right, exactly. So,
2: so he heads off and Natasha and Melina are together talking basically about the whole family dynamic. And she's like, I, my mother just left me behind. And Melina's like, oh, no, no, no. We took you from your mother. Right. And we paid off your family, but your mother, that wasn't anything for her. She never stopped looking for you. Right. To the point where Dracoff had to kill her to get her off the scent of the Red Room because he was worried about risking the exposure from it. Right. And Natasha's like, oh, okay. So maybe my mom was cool. <laughs> because,
0: I mean, <laughs> yeah. Because, but it's. Well, funny. at the same time, it's almost more painful now for yes, Natasha but, because now that's she Her knows. whole existence. Right. Her whole she was she was able to just sort of dismiss her parents previously because she didn't know any better and now it's like that digs the knife even further right. and makes her even more charged and more driven to go kill Draykov make sure Draykov's actually dead
2: right exactly and melina says you know it's better not to dwell on the past but natasha you know, finds their fake family album that contradicts it now right. in the scene in 85 and 95 when they're going natasha the thing she tries to grab is the family album which is Literally filled with fake pictures that were taken in Russia before they even left.
0: Right, and that's and then they actually start talking about that. Remember when we shot Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter all on the on same, same day? day? Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> but you know, it shows that Molina is just as sentimental about those times together because. She can't have babies either. She right. run through the red room program. It's just the like closest anything thing else. that she's going to have Best to kids. Too. Probably has ever had to having it. So you start to see all these because of the fucked up nature of the life that they've all led. The only way they could have a true family was because of this dynamic, right? It's some seriously mind blowing <laughs> shit, man. <laughs> they, you know, so they have a heart to heart moment uh, where Molina breaks. And basically tells Natasha that she's already contacted the Red Room and that oh, they'll be here in any minute. Yeah, right.
0: It's like it's like they're both sort of tearful and oh, by the way, oh,
2: by the way, I <laughs> fucked you over. Sorry. Uh, meanwhile, during all this, Alexei is in this bedroom with, with <laughs> oh, Elena.
0: This story, I know. Oh
1: God.
2: Oh God. Uh, this. <laughs> What we affectionately call the pee hand story. <laughs> he's, he's trying to relate something from his own past to explain the love that fathers have for their children. Right. And y- Elena's just like, please leave. Please leave. <laughs> I didn't want you to go. Do you not understand why I left the table? And so Alexa goes into this diatribe story about how, and when he was 10 years old, he's ice fishing with his father. I am reaching for
1: fish. Oh. I lose balance, ah, splash. My hands go in the river. In this weather, frostbite sets in quick. My father, he go toilet on my hands. Oh my God. Urine is 35 degrees Celsius, staves off the frostbite. How is this relevant? You know, fathers. Mm Fathers, right?
0: <laughs> am I right? Fathers, am I right? Fathers, am I right?
2: <laughs> so clearly, Alexei's doing what he does best, which is trying to botch up anything because it all comes back to him. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't remember seeing. But she's like, "Well, so this is when when you were the Crimson Dynamo," and he almost thinks she does it on purpose, right? At just, this
0: point, just to get his goat. Yeah, just to miss to falsely identify yeah. him as the Crimson Dynamo to just see to, what he's gonna do. Yeah,
2: right. Is he really being sincere? He's like it's actually the Red Guardian, right? Because, again, it's his ego. That's all it's about. Right. So she starts getting mad again. He gets on there, and then in a fit of inspiration to help bind them together, right? he starts singing Miss American Pie badly. <laughs> um, and she starts singing with him. Yeah. And the whole thing, they have a moment. But, the you know... <laughs> I don't know. Does he try to hug her? I can't even remember. There's, I don't think they There's something uncomfortable about it where she's basically like, "No, we're not <laughs> we're not there yet." Right. Um actually, you know, I think they're getting to that point and then they see the lights from the not Quinjets from the Avengers landing on the ground. <laughs> right. With the the red room peeps in it. And so this is basically everybody needs to uh, uh all hands on deck. We're about to get invaded. So, Lexi throws on his helmet. He's ready to go. The helmet looks so ridiculous on his and his his chubby little face. Yeah, <laughs> it's like his cheeks are just oozing out of the side of it. Doesn't put the string strap on. Nope. He's ready to go. Pops out to a window, which gets broken, and he gets hit with a trank dart. Yeah. And a pink fluffy one, by the way, which right. I think is even funnier. And he's like, "Well, this is not going to do anything to me." Then, like, literally, all the trank darts <laughs> right. hit him in the chest. <laughs> 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 and then it's just like, timber. Yeah. Down on the ground he goes. And basically, you know, mom takes care of the rest of them, knocks them all out. Alexei briefly wakes up at the plane and realizes that
0: they're going. Well, so we think mom takes care of the rest well,
2: of them. Well, we're getting there. You're ruining the surprise. <laughs> I
0: know. I love to spoil things.
2: Asshole. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So Alexi wakes up briefly in the place where there's a surprise coming. <laughs> He briefly wakes up from the tranquilizers, sees Molina on the plane, and is like, where are we going? And she's like, we're going to the Red Room. And why are we going up then? And this is where we realize, bum, 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 the Red Room's basically a helicarrier that goes nowhere. Right. Because it looks like it's all, and this is hilarious. if you If you watch the inside of the engines of this thing, it literally looks like. Technology before the helicarrier before Stark fixed everything on the helicarrier. Oh, so they they, they, they actually it tweaked the Cold it out. War.
0: They actually tweaked it out to make it look.
2: They make it look older. like the Russians stole the technology from Shield, but it's so dated, right? <laughs> that's probably why it can't move anywhere, yeah, or whatever. And I, I and I might be reading more into it, but it just the way it looked, because you know when Stark went in there and the big ones from Winter Soldier all had Stark tech with the arc reactors and all that stuff. Whereas the one that in Avengers looked more turbo fanny, this (laughs) looked like it was a generation before that. (laughs) So I appreciate the idea that maybe somebody in the special room was like, what if they stole this technology in 1992 right. and that's what they're operating off of because they could never develop it themselves? Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that was pretty good. But you get that big reveal. And here is the red room in the clouds. Got some little cloud generator. Keep it going. But as I pointed out, satellites. <laughs> yeah, how, how are satellites not how picking are, this giant thing up? Right. How is somebody in the International Space Station flying <laughs> over wherever they were, which I don't think was Russia, because S.H.I.E.L.D. showed, or not S.H.I.E.L.D., but Russia shows up at the end, so it's it's somewhere over Europe, I'm guessing. Right. <laughs> Nobody sees this big thing floating with little lights going blink, blink.
0: Yeah, this giant thing. Blink, this yeah. giant yeah. thing the size of an aircraft carrier. Yeah, or bigger. Or bigger. It's just... Yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> it's fine.
2: Okay, we can fall off a five-story building. Boom, boom, bim, bang. Nobody sees the the floating Red Room. Okay, fine. <laughs> and that, my friends, I believe takes us
0: to Act 3. So, Act 3. <laughs> so, uh, we're at the Red Room. And uh, Melina goes in to meet with Dracoff. And at this point she's uh kitted out in her official uh Black Widow. Yeah, she has got her
2: Black Widow blackiness she's, stuff she's on. A,
0: she's she's got her uh her, she's looking very uh moody with her with her eyeshadow her and smoky eyeshadow. For smoke, that's what I was she's looking got her for. smoke going. A bit of a bit of smoky eyeshadow going oh, yeah. on now. So fancy. I don't hate it. Anyway, um so <laughs> she, <laughs> she's Danny boy. So, so she goes in to meet with Dreykov and he wants to know how Uh, the antidote worked on Yelena and he immediately is like, cut the brain out. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. so he wants her to cut Yelena's brain out, literally, and find out what happened and how the antidote, or as we're referring to it here as the uh, red slipper, Magic dust. Magic dust. Redstone works. super magic dust. So then we cut to them already drawing lines on Yelena's head as she's strapped down to this ex- examination or right. a gurney or whatever, which by the way, my wife was watching this. She, she had so many problems with this area because anytime we watch anything that has any sort of medical thing, my, my wife works in the medical industry. And so- She's, she's like, come on. She would have been asleep already. Well, like, <laughs> So, two things. One, every time I see that scene, I just think of the Ewoks that are
2: starting the fire in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> so, they're drawing her head all here. It's, da, do, da, 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 da. Okay, I digress. There is a little bit of background dialogue that basically says, leave her awake for the entire procedure. There is.
0: There is. There, later on, after... My wife got a, had a chance to say, why isn't she already knocked out? Then we got that line and right. she's like, oh, okay. Which is
2: kind know. of funny. They're like, so every dude in the red room is an asshole. <laughs> Pretty That's much. That's what it
0: basically amounts to. Yeah. And then we get sort of a callback to her own line, to herself. <laughs> we hear Yelena say, this is a much less cool way to die. <laughs> <laughs> so so from there, we cut to what looks like a cell room. Yep. Like the, whatever level on the red room it's is. the detention or level. The, the detention level. Where you got to shut AK down 20, all the garbage 20, AK-23. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: <laughs>
0: so... Where are you taking this? So thing? we find <laughs> we find Alexei and Natasha. Well, Natasha in air quotes are in adjacent cells from each other with uh, plexiglass walls. Uh, interesting. So and then quickly we cut back to Molina um, with Dracoff asking about what to do with Natasha, and Drakov says to turn her into one of the tra- one of her trained pigs. Right. And at this point, Dracoff goes to kind of touch Melina's hair in kind of a sketchy, uh, icky, w- icky yeah. sort of way. Yeah. And then Melina stops him though. And that is where Dracoff realizes this is not the real Melina. And that's when the Melina that we're looking at takes off her fancy Marvel universe style. Mission Impossible mask. Oh, hey, them digital masks, man. Them digital that's, masks. That's that shield technology at work there. Indeed. And she pulls that off and, hey, it's Natasha face-to-face with Dreykov. Dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. So then they cut back to the prison. So then we know that there's been the switch. hmm And that's when Melina takes off her mask and contacts Yelena with the comm. Well, I should I should mention that before that before she even takes the mask off she types in the code to let them out of their cells right because she knows what it is right and Alexi's just like what is going on how did you know how to do that and and it was right as he was breaking into the sob story about, right I, yeah he's, he's, he's having so a break. breakthrough moment yeah exactly he's in the middle of this breakthrough moment and then he gets befuddled because it's not actually Natasha he's talking right. to when she pulls yeah. off the mask and it's just Melina he's like well where's what's going on you know <laughs> so he has no idea what the hell is going on at this point. So <laughs> Melina, <laughs> this is another great part in this whole scene. So Melina tells... Kind of whispers into Yelena's ear because she's got an earpiece on. You have a blade in your suit on your right side or whatever. Cut your way out of it. Right. And Yelena's like, you couldn't tell me this earlier <laughs> or something like that. And then, and then my favorite part is when Alexi starts trying to talk to people over yeah, the. He starts
2: trying to do the same sob story to to Natasha and and <laughs> Yelena, thinking he's got the earpiece in his head
0: right. and he doesn't have one. Like, dumbass, do you have one in your do, head? Do you, how do you not know whether or not there's something in your ear? Right. <laughs> so, anyway. A little bit of early onset uh, super soldier dementia there, I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. So, Alexi's like, well, why didn't I get one? <laughs> and she's like, well, it was never part of the plan. And he's like, well, what is the plan? And then and they, they were,
2: flash back to the plan.
0: We flash back to the whole plan that Natasha activated her tracker to bring Ross to Red Room so they know where Red Room is and they can right. shut down the whole thing. While Melina would attempt to navigate and ground Red Room in its entirety, uh, bring it to the ground, Yelena would then be in charge of exposing agents to the antidote, yada, 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 Bob's your uncle. So that's the plan. Right. So then we cut back to Natasha and Dracoff. And, um, God, they do a good job right here to place them uncomfortably close together. Right. This the, I feel icky. His breath stinks, doesn't I, it? I feel icky every time I watch this scene just because uh-huh. they are so close. This is clearly direction. Right. Because it's just Yeah, very... it's, not,
2: it's not a natural level of engagement.
0: So they're talking about... Natasha is basically throwing stuff at Dracoff to try and make him... See whether or not he feels any guilt whatsoever. Right, and he even brings up Antonia, or AKA the Taskmaster,
2: which we don't know yet.
0: Which we don't know yet, but we um, will in a
2: minute. Sorry.
0: Um. So, <laughs> so she says, you know, don't you feel bad about your daughter or whatever? And he's like, oh, my daughter. Who's projecting now? And then he right. he walks over to the to Taskmaster and takes the mask off, and then we see Antonia with scars and everything else. And mm-hmm. I had to put a chip in the back of
2: her neck, in the back of her neck. And he sounds indignant about it. Like I had to do this because of you, Natasha. When you're like, are you sure you wouldn't have done it anyway?
0: Yeah. Cause he's such a monster. He has
2: no regard for females at all.
0: Or, or just human life, but especially female human life. Right. He just views them as animals that right. he can just throw away, you know, even wor- worse than animals really. Um So at this point, Drakov then sends Taskmaster off to go kill the others. And Natasha's just like, she pulls out her gun and she's like, well, that was stupid. You just made leave the one thing that was going to stop me from killing you. And he's like, oh, yeah? Give it a shot. And that's when we find out about this pheromone thing. Oh, yeah, because that <laughs> that all seems bad. It, it, it's, it's, it's a
2: classic Black Widow, fake on a fake on a fake. <laughs> you know, it's the whole... This asshole is about to give up everything, and you're ruining it. Type of thing, <laughs> right? You know, or, or the whole right. thing with
0: Loki. So she gets- because again, she knows something we don't yet, right?
2: But because she's Black Widow, right? So her whole plan, everything. What you come to realize is that everything that she did was intentional. All the fake fear. Right. All the fear was fake. All the goading was fake. All of it was to get to the point where she's at right at the end of this, thing, or at the end of the the right. The end of she's the film. trying
0: to manipulate him into yeah. doing what she wants him to do,
2: which is what she's the best at.
0: Right. <laughs> so she's trying to shoot him, knowing well aware that she won't be able to. But anyway, that's I digress. That tells the viewer, oh, she can't do it because there's this block. A pheromone block pheromone block that he's emitting something like that it's very basically, sciency basically
2: anybody that's got this block if she smells his pheromones right they have a subconscious implant to keep them from being able to harm him right so that was his pre-programming before he could actually just control them with his magic iPad of doom right <laughs> They were basically having to follow their their orders on threat of death. Right. And he was taking away their ability to take that threat he of death a, away.
0: Yeah, he needed a failsafe. Yeah, exactly. So then we see Alexi and Melina in the hallway and in walks Taskmaster. And this is all while Alexi is suddenly feeling his oats. And he's like, I need something to break. And she's like, there you go. Yeah, break that. <laughs> break that thing. And then he's still talking to her, and then he turns around, and Melina's gone already. He's like, all right, well, here we go. (laughs) Then we cut to see soldiers marching in the hallway, and uh, Yelena is in the air vent above, and she drops down, and she tries to do the drop-down pose. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) Yeah, she's, oh, this is terrible. So, (laughs) So then we cut again to Melina, who's trying to work her magic to land the Red Room in in some sort of machine room, kind of reminiscent of in the original Star Wars when Obi-Wan is trying to (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Must be some kind of drill. Anyway. <laughs> uh,
2: it, to me, it kind of reminded me a little bit of the Missile Room from Hunt for Out October. Oh, okay. Just yeah. the, and How cramped it kind of felt as they yeah. were moving around. Just Careful what you're shooting here, Molina. <laughs> Things here don't like bullets.
0: <laughs> so she's trying to... Shut the, the engines down or, or land it. And then Dracov sees the whole thing on security footage with his iPad of Doom. Right. And so she, he essentially locks her in that room and shuts down all the controls so she can't do anything. And then we're back to that's sort of the transition to get back to Dracov's office where Natasha's just talking shit because she knows it's the one thing he can't do anything about. Right. And she's trying to piss him off so that he'll hit her and break her nose. And sever the nerve. Right. So in the meantime, he opens this drawer on his desk to reveal this tech that lights up the screen and shows where all the global agents are, which is (sighs) kind of part of her whole plan. That's kind of... Yes. Natasha's whole plan, so she can find out where all these. She needs to get him monologuing, right? Exactly, so she, he can turn into the classic villain yes. that gives away the the rest of the plan, so she can foil it, okay. pretty much. <laughs> so, and then we get some we get some intercutting in this area where we see Yelena finds the antidote, and then Melina is finding a way out of the control room through an air vent. And then Alexei's fighting Taskmaster. Right. And then we're back to Natasha and Dreykov, where he's revealing his master plan, and he operates it all from his desk with his little console. And his magic ring. His magic ring.
2: Which, by the way, did not have an octopus on it. I double-checked. No octopus. Just to make sure. (laughs) Of course, an octopus in a Marvel movie means something else now that I'm thinking about it. Hail Hydra.
0: (laughs) So... So he's still monologuing, talking about how girls are just this disposable resource that there's an endless supply of. And Natasha's kind of, you know, still traumatized by what he's talking about, but she kind of shuts it down in herself. Right. And then turns around and and has got that wry smile on her face like, well, (laughs) I'm going to shut you down right now, motherfucker.
2: Yeah, it's, it's the whole, oh, so Banner, that's your move okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Thank you for your cooperation. Right. And Dreykov's like, I don't know why you're smiling or whatever. And that's when we get this cut to a flashback of Melina describing how to break the pheromonal lock, was essentially severing the nerve at the top of your nose. Right. Explains the whole thing. So then we cut back into scene and Natasha then brutally... Breaks her own nose. Well, but she, on top of it, she taunts him. Like, you just couldn't
2: get the job done. (laughs) Yeah. And then breaks her nose like... You couldn't even hit me hard even, enough to yeah. do the job. You worthless sack of shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, you've gotten really weak, man. Yeah. Couldn't even break my nose, and then breaks her own damn nose, and then immediately that breaks the the pheromonal lock, and he and then she immediately punches Drake off and sends him to the floor. Then we cut to Molina, who then takes out one of the main engines completely. Yeah, oh, well, that'll <laughs> get it down on the ground, <laughs> and then she does the little grappling hook. Wee. Uh, her way upwards as this engine is just literally Mm. falling to pieces below her and everyone's falling. It's a bad green screen moment for me, to be honest, where Yelena has already uh, ziplined upwards to this other level and she's walking and she's talking on her comm to right. Yelena. Oh, yeah. It's, and she's like, should, slight change of plans. We're going to do a controlled crash landing.
2: Right. Well, the whole thing looks so fake. She was obviously just walking on a treadmill or something. Yeah. Cause she's very straight backed and like we and, and do walking. Yeah.
0: Doop, doop, doop. It's not it's not great. No.
2: Probably the the worst
0: CGI scene
2: that's uh in the whole movie, I would say.
0: Yeah. We then see Yelena uh, reach the widow's training area, but they're all gone. So she grabs some kind of grenade thing and wraps the red vials around it, which... Almost seems like how did she know to do that already?
2: I just, what, it's, it, what kind of uh,
0: low yield
2: uh, grenade are you going to want to attach that to? It's very,
0: extremely yo- low yield. Yeah,
2: because it seems like it was just powerful enough to break everything. But I mean, not unless disperse it's it like an explosive.
0: Right. I mean, unless it's like one of those ninja distraction bombs that you throw on the ground that just puff a smoke or something. I don't know. I don't anyway, know. it did the job. It did very well. And she was a widow for a very long time, so she probably knows what all those things do, so... You would think. One would think. So, Melina then helps out Alexi with Taskmaster, sending uh, her into a cell so they can escape as the Red Room is now sinking quite a bit. Like, everything is starting to shake and shimmy and it's all bad. (laughs) So... Just as Natasha is really beginning to kick Drakov's ass, the widows arrive and he is able to escape and she has to try and fight them off. And eventually, eventually, now I will say she kicked a lot of their asses for a good long while. Oh, she, held yeah. them, she held them off for quite a while. It's a pretty good fight scene, actually. But eventually there's too many of them. And man, just as they're starting to really beat the shit out of her. Yeah, they're
2: going hardcore.
0: Yeah, they're going to town on her. And then thankfully, you know, obviously Yelena is there to to drop the antidote, throws that thing in the air and sets it up. However it works. However this this low-yield explosive works. Maybe it's dial-a-yield. Right. So she throws that thing into the room and it hits all the widows and they all come out of it. All
2: sparkly like uh, oh. vampires from Twilight.
0: <laughs> exactly. So at this point, they all, none of them know what to do. All the widows are just sort of like, well, what do we do now? And, and she's like, well... Go live your lives. Like, save yourselves. Yeah, you're Get out free. of here. You're free. Get out of here. In the meantime, Natasha is trying to save the identities of all the embedded widows all over the world. We've got a list. Um, we're waiting. And we're waiting. Once again, we're waiting for it to download. Right. We're using that download progress bar mm-hmm. as a way to drive up tension. Ugh. <laughs> all the devices. I could make a spy movie at this point, I think. Um, Anybody can. And then she fixes video. her nose. Which is kind yeah. of brutal. but It is pretty great, though. And she sets it Because back. they have a yeah.
2: prosthetic on her face to make her nose look broken. <laughs> when you see her in profile, she's got the, the big, the uh, big bump on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny that she fixes it.
0: Yeah. So after the list is finished saving on the disc, she grabs that, plus a couple of conveniently placed uh, unbroken vials on the floor. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then she makes a run for it. And this is the part that I like to call Marvel time. We, have, okay. we are now officially enter, entering Marvel time in this okay. movie because this is when everything, it's just all runny, jumpy, slow motion-y, mm-hmm. lots of CGI. I mean, it might even qualify. Who as fuck? Especially this first moment here. Everything is going kablooey, right? So she shoots out these windows and jumps out the window, just kind of a Hail Mary jump out the window. Sure. She has no idea what's out there but she turns around in midair grabs some sort of hand railing and the whole thing that the hand railing is connected to bends down and sort of breaks her fall as she's swinging down on it convenient but anyway it finally stops and and then of course there's this there's a lower level of red room that is open now exposed and she just sort of video gamey sort of swings back Uh into (laughs) so neat so (laughs) anyway everything is going to crap um but we see a plane full of widows taking off and then we see melina and alexi pile into a ship And for a moment, they're trying to find the girls. But then at that point, the entire strip that the airplane is on falls apart. And Melina has to then take the plane out of a nosedive because it's already falling through the air at that point. And just when it couldn't get harder, then there's some sort of paratrooper lands on the plane. Yep. And Alexi grabs a shield and chucks it at him. But then... It, it hits the guy, but then the guy hits the, the back fin of the- Which, the, come on. Is, a, is, a, is that guy really going to knock the entire tail fin? Exactly. <laughs> I, I watch that and I'm just like, every time I see this, this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> so it sends the plane into a flat spin. Then we cut back to Natasha, who's getting clobbered as she's trying to make her way down this hallway. There's, like, stuff falling from the ceiling. And then finally the floor gives way, and she lands on the prison floor. And then she's staring face-to-face with Taskmaster, who's still behind the wall. Right. And, you know, she knows she's got this, like torn she's she's torn about what to do but she knows that she has to free taskmaster because of how all the guilt or whatever
2: yeah all the pent-up guilt from thinking she killed her (laughs) in the first place
0: right so she frees her knowing that she's going to come after her and just as taskmaster is trying to reach out and grab natasha the entire hallway essentially snaps in two and then natasha is now sliding down towards open air and she whips out some handy-dandy... Man, this this is like a magic backpack she's got. Mm-hmm. It's got everything in it. Oh, absolutely. This, this backpack has everything. This backpack has this, everything. It's got swords, commas, nunchucks, you name it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so she pulls out a pair of commas. Had to look that up, kids. K-A-M-A. Anyway, ninja skills. That's right. So she uses these commas to like stop her from falling... Call Comple- a Tomb Raider! I have to point out. Call a Tomb Raider completely out of the hallway. So she's hanging on the edge, and she looks on at this other platform where we see Drakoff and his soldiers hopping on board a ship with Yelena, sort of running after. And that's when the entire wing that Natasha is hanging on to continues to break from the spine of Red Room itself and sort of angles its way towards the platform where all this is going. So she's able to kind of jump off and join join the action. In the meantime, we see Yelena. Okay, so this is now number three wrist grappling hook thing mm-hmm. or number four. I can't remember. But Yelena uses her grappling thing on her wrist. To get on top of Dreykov's plane and puts one of those big, uh, shocky staff, whatever those things are that we see a number of times in this movie, those yeah. staffs that come apart in the middle and then yeah, you can scream that thing. Yep. She sticks that thing into one of the engines and then kaboom! And she goes, fwee! She goes, fwee! So she's sent flying away. Then the plane, because of this, the plane falls off the platform and completely explodes, killing Dracoff once and for all. Thank goodness. Although we never see a body. Well, technically. it's
2: because it gets turned to ashes. But That's we do true. see his glasses. We go do fly. see his
0: glasses. So. <laughs> So then Natasha grabs a conveniently placed parachute, which just happens to be right there on the I ground. Know,
2: that was kind of <laughs> ridiculous. It was it was a little gratuitous. So
0: she grabs the parachute, jumps overboard after Yelena, and she manages to catch up. And in midair, attaches the parachute to Yelena because that's easy. Because love, because love, and they pop the chute, and they're they're sort of floating together but as they're floating there Natasha can see Taskmaster Mm -hmm. diving down towards them both right no doubt
2: with a parachute in the back of that magic backpack of hers
0: that's right so Natasha lets go of Yelena and (laughs) now we're headed to true Marvelville right now They both land, Taskmaster and Natasha land on this random falling piece of what looks like almost like a solar panel. It did look like a solar panel. So, and they both somehow manage to stop themselves briefly on this falling piece of debris. To duke it out. To duke it out. And they, they become entwined and then they're just falling together, entwined. And then Taskmaster's parachute Pops open just before they hit the ground. And then they both go rolling to different directions. And then finally, we're on the ground now. And <laughs> I do like this moment just before they start fighting again. Where Natasha's like, okay, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> you know, she's sort of like... Yeah.
2: She's got that, that road-weary Indiana Jones
0: moment. Very much. And then, <laughs> so they start fighting. Natasha manages to get away the sword. Yes, yes. And then somehow or another, she kind of climbs on the back of Taskmaster and hits the button on her wrist that pops open her, her mask right. or her big helmet or whatever. And then she basically smashes a vial of the antidote. It's somehow or another. It's a little blurry at this point. That, yeah. Yeah. But smashes the antidote and the little red sprinkly, uh, uh, red ruby slipper, pixie <laughs> pixie dust antidote falls all over Antonia. And And she's
2: back to her own self again. She's back
0: to her own self again. So, and I did like this little line that they gave her to say as she's laying there. She says, is he gone? So it's almost like, and this whole time too, Natasha is apologizing. She's so concerned that like, that Antonia blames her. Right. But it's clear who she really blames. Right. Which makes a lot of sense and which sort of clears the air and all that sort of thing. Kind of a a nice little moment there. I did I did sort of like the way they did that. So then we get we kind of get some emotional moments here where after sort of talking to Antonia about that, she goes over to her not sister, but kind of sister and more really a sister now. Right. Um, you know, she's sort of hugging her sister and making sure she's okay and she says like it was real for me too, that kind of thing. And then they they find Melina and Alexi and they all sort of come to some sort of, I don't know, it's just kind of a nice moment where, you know, obviously Natasha and Yelena don't have quite the same bond with Melina and Alexi that they do with each other. Right. But there's still sort of this acknowledgement that they kind of made each other's lives a little bit nicer for, even if it was only for like three years. Right. So at this point we see S.H.I.E.L.D. on their way towards all this wreckage And everybody wants Natasha to come with them. But Natasha's like, nah, don't worry about it. I got this. So she gives Yelena the antidote for Melina to replicate. And then the three of them get on the ship with all these freed widows. So they take off and we never really see how Natasha evades S.H.I.E.L.D. Although although is that a Marvel, is that how it's sort of like where the plot of a different Marvel movie takes over? Because when we see her next, her hair is dyed blonde and she's yeah. got a bob cut. Yeah, so, that- well,
2: so yeah. So basically she has to go free Clint and Ant-Man and the Falcon from uh, the raft okay. that you see in Civil War where they get put at the end. Okay. So that's basically her taking that. Quinjet that Rick appropriates to go
0: rescue them. Okay, but that's before that. So she must have at this point, right after Red Room crashes, she must have been just able to evade them somehow. Yeah, because
2: she's Black Widow.
0: Because she's Black Widow. It cuts to two weeks later, and we see this motorcycle rolling through a wooded area, and it's Natasha sporting a brand new uh, blonde bob haircut. And you forgot, you know,
2: that uh, Elena gave her the, the cool vest. Oh, that's right. The, She's now. You, wearing... I knew you wanted my vest. Because <laughs> that's right. So
0: many pockets. She's now wearing the cool new vest. With her cool new blonde hair. And she meets back up with Rick, who's managed to procure a swanky-ass new Avengers Quinjet. style. Quinjet. A Quinjet. See and what I
2: can do when you give me some time?
0: There we go. Yeah, see? So <laughs> we get this great little exchange where she goes you've always been a really good friend to me. <laughs> and he goes, what every man wants to hear. Oh, you've been put in the friend zone, buddy. That's right. Sorry, <laughs> you're in, Rick. <laughs> you're in the friend zone. Sorry, Rick. <laughs> anyway, she basically says she's about to go break one set of family members out of prison and then uh, heads off in her shiny new jet. That's right. And then it just fades to the uh, fireflies. Right. And uh, that's the end of the movie or the proper
2: the proper end of the movie. It's a Marvel movie, so it's
0: not over. Of course, there's always an, a post credit scene which happens after Avengers Endgame, after uh, Natasha has died. And we see Yelena and her dog, Fanny. Right. Nice name there, named after Natasha's alias, Fanny Longbottom. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they get out of a truck in a, in a wooded sort of area, and she goes and tends to Natasha's grave. And, you know, she just has an emotional moment there, shedding a tear. And she does her that little whistle thing that they do to each other. Yeah, we, we
2: didn't really go into that, but yeah. they have this little code. of the. I'm not a huge,
0: honestly, I'm not a huge fan of it because it reminds me too much of Hunger Games. It, it did so. have that vibe to it, but, uh, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a little it's, fine.
2: little, it's a nice little throughput through the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, it's
0: like a little sisterly thing. <laughs> so she's standing there looking at the grave and suddenly we hear this like loud obnoxious (sighs) nose blowing (laughs) and we look over and we see that it's valentina who's director of the cia in the marvel universe who is basically yelena's boss now i forget what yelena says that sort of clues in the listeners that she now works for the cia essentially right but valentina shows yelena a picture of her next target and she says something like i thought you might want to you know, get revenge for somebody who's responsible for your sister's death. And of course it's a picture right. of Hawkeye. Right. Which of course isn't really true.
2: But I mean, this is basically a teaser into the Hawkeye TV show right. on, on
0: Disney Plus. Exactly.
2: Which by the way, if you liked her performance in this and you haven't watched that, yeah, watch it. Because she she and Haley Stenfeld own this whole thing. But oh yeah. She's full on Elena all the way through. But the repartee that she has with Haley in this thing is amazing. Yeah, would have been so. more amazing if it was the other Haley, but probably wouldn't have fit very well. In the <laughs> probably not storyline. Yeah, Infinity Stones and all. Yeah. So that's uh that's it. That is the end of Black Widow. That is the end of Black Widow because there was not a after credit, after credit, after credit, after Indeed. credit scene.
0: <laughs> Indeed. But uh, yeah. I mean, for me, the more times I watch this movie, the more I like it. The more I feel like if this movie had been released when it had been supposed to be released it would have been huge i think i think it's a really solid spy movie i mean as a marvel movie it might not necessarily hold up i don't i don't know what marvel fans want but i did
2: for me i you I know mean- i think it's It was a good blend of the kind of movie that people can go see and not give a shit. I mean, literally, you could watch this movie and not give two shits about what's happening in Marvel World. Yeah. And it's still a good spy movie all by itself. Exactly. It's a little over the top at the end, like you pointed out, but by and large, it's more or less just a modern interpretation of a James Bond movie.
0: It Segway. (laughs) Yes, Jason. So. I have points. <laughs> Jason has points, ladies and gentlemen.
2: That this movie is a modern James Bond movie. I'm going to tell you all those points now. Feel free to rebuke, or as you will, uh, through the normal communication
0: channels. Yes. drop at gmail.com.
2: That's the one. Here we go. Pre-title sequence? Check. Check. Title sequence that tells a story while a woman sings slowly in the background? Check. Disavowed spy on the run? Okay, granted. More Mission Impossible, but we have a couple of Bonds on the runs. Bonds. Well, rogues. Or rogues, exactly, yeah. exactly. Really bad James Bond woman name, Fanny Longbottom, anyone?
1: Check. Check.
2: <laughs> Motorcycle Chase? Check. Check.
0: Although Evil. that's that's quite a bit mission impossible too. It
2: is, but there <laughs> there are been a lot more motorcycle chases in the more recent that's true. Bond that is films than, than you've seen in the
0: past. Skyfall anyone? Rough <laughs> front.
2: Evil Megalomaniac bent on world domination with an army of hot assassin women. <laughs>
0: there you go. Check. Check. Very much check.
2: Does he have a hidden lair that's ridiculously technically impossible? Check. check. <laughs> Does he have a henchman with uh, some strange powers and a deformity on their face or something? Check. check. <laughs> Are they wearing a really creepy weird pinky ring? Check. <laughs> check. Does he go off on an evil monologue which reveals the entire plan to the, the, <laughs> the person in charge or the, the good hero of the story so that they can actually foil those plans? Checked. Check
0: all of the things.
2: All of the things. And wrist grappling guns. Wrist grappling guns. Gadgets galore. Bond actually turns the evil villain henchman with the deformity into a good guy at the end. Repelling down a. a Which, by the way, Moonraker connection? Because does a jaws become a good guy at the end? He does.
0: See. He sure does. See. <laughs> it's because he finds love. So does
2: that mean that Dracoff is actually the Hugo Drax uh, analog in this story? Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Anyway, I think when you look at the facts, as I have clearly lined them up, Your Honor, (laughs) you will see that my client is clearly a James Bond movie in disguise. That's right. With a
0: much, much more attractive main character. Correct. So uh,
2: I rest my case.
0: I, I, I have no objections, Your Honor. I... Completely agree. I still want a Black Widow story where she's on the run the entire time, where it's a little bit more grounded. There's not a giant space station in the, or what are those things called? Huber, uh whatever. Huber, the, the, a helicarrier, helicarrier that's not a helicarrier. It's a helicarrier that's not a helicarrier. I don't need all that. I want all the stuff right before all that. Yeah. I even like the prison breakout. Like, yeah. I think the prison breakout's super fun.
2: Yeah. But I mean, it's a Marvel movie. so It is a Marvel movie. So, I, you yeah. know,
0: I mean, it's fun. It's still fun. Oh, yeah. I just, you know, the spy fan in me wants that. More spy-y. I want that gritty spy thing. Absolutely. And I feel like Scarlett Johansson did such a great job as Black Widow that I want to see her do that. And it's kind of unfortunate that they've essentially killed her off and-
2: Oh, yeah, well, you know, dead. Unless
0: they do some multiverse or whatever, something, I don't Black know. Black
2: Widow's dead. I'm pretty sure Scarlett Johansson's career with Disney Studios or Marvel Studios is dead anyway. <laughs>
0: right. So, But I wouldn't object to Yelena taking over the mantle, uh, I, just saying. It's, it's going to happen, folks. But um, what are your thoughts on the movie? Listeners? Yeah, listeners. Yes. Jeez. Jeez. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you think, please. We are always looking for a listener interaction. Or just tell us how you like the podcast or what you want to hear us review in our insane, inane, but really fun and kind of adorable way. We are very kind of fun and adorable, but (laughs) stupid
2: and irrelevant at the same time. But you know what? Hey, tell us things you don't like, too. It doesn't all have to be Roses and Sunshine. That's right. We really do want your feedback. We really want to make this show for you guys because you can clearly tell we're doing it for us. Right. As it is. (laughs) We need to be more inclusive. We want you all in here. We want your feedback. That's
0: right. If we're mispronouncing Bon Mott. <laughs> well, we've already got somebody to handle that now. But we've got somebody to handle that. But if there's something else like that, please, we're going to put it on the air, man. <laughs> but, uh, our email is CIC at gmail.com on Instagram. We are central intelligence cinema separated by underscores. And on Twitter, we are at CIC spy pod. Also, I might mention that we are on Facebook as well. So just search for central intelligence cinema and you'll find our shiny, happy logo. Like us and follow us. Indeed. And if you do enjoy the podcast, we would love it if you would choose to help us out by giving us a glowing five-star review from either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from so that our show gets seen a little faster when people search for content like this. When they want to hear some silly spy shit, they find us. Yay! Yay! But uh, with that, I'm Ben. And I'm Jason. And the CIC will return. With more missions, more martinis, and more mayhem.